Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome, everybody, to Rad Turtle Wrestling Podcast, a hard-hitting, in-depth, cutting-edge look at today's product in the world of professional wrestling. Now, without further ado, here are your hosts, Rob Francois and Jeff Johnson. Hey, guys, welcome back to the Rad Turtles Wrestling Podcast. This is episode number two. I am your host, Rob Francois. Also known as Rad Rob Gaming, that's my channel on Twitch, and I'm here with my buddy, my co-host Jeff Johnson. What's going on, man? How's it going? How's your week? How's your week been, dude? Uh, it's been a little hectic, um, you know, but I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to unwind and just relax with my buddy and talk about some wrestling. You know, Me too, um, man. We got a lot of good feedback from our first episode, um, which I'm, I'm surprised uh, how well it went over. Um, other than you know, friends and family, I. We, Shit, we got people in India listening to us. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't believe when you sent me that. It was like two downloads from India. I'm like, we're going global. We're going yeah, we're, global. We're, we're, week one, we're going we're global. Global, right away. We are a global force. More than awesome. uh, more than ooh, Jeff no, Jarrett's global ooh, force. Yeah, no pun intended with the, the global force drop there. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, let's let's start this off with a tie-in to Monday Night Raw. I, I, I was pulling up current news from the past week, and I noticed an article... Um, about Baron Corbin, and he was on Booker T's Heated Conversations podcast, and he was talking about the current product and how the internet wrestling community uh, have an issue with how boring the show is or you know how bad the show has been, really, and how people have just lit them up on social media. So he addressed it directly. I'll give you a quote from what he said from the, from the podcast. Okay. Um, 
regarding people on Twitter uh, carrying up the product. He said, you know, it, Twitter gives a bunch of idiots in reality an opinion that they don't know how to express appropriately. Uh, the language, the insults, all of those things, it just makes the world seem so unhappy. If you read the Twitter feed, it seems like everyone in the entire world is beyond miserable. But I think now, unfortunately, it's a necessity. It's a form of exposure and advertisement. My Instagram, my Twitter is a form of advertisement for my business and what I do. Uh, yeah, my brand, it is. Uh, but it's crazy how negative it is to everything. Uh, he goes on to say that he was telling somebody when he was coming out of the car that 20 people would say, Baron Corbin should wear a red shirt tonight on Raw. And if I wore a red shirt, those same people are like, he looks terrible. It should have been blue. <laughs> uh, he, he said there's no pleasing anyone on social media. Uh, and social media just gives the people a place to say what they want because there are no repercussions for their actions. If you took all these people that said all these things to me on the internet and put them in front of me, their attitude changes so fast. Just because Twitter fans are the loudest doesn't mean they're the majority. So that, that that's a lot to uh, to handle right there. And I, I do understand where he's coming from. If you know, um, uh, Xavier Woods has pretty much said the same thing on his Twitter feed that you know you guys don't realize how hard it is to to produce that much programming. Um, that ties in directly. It looks like they addressed that on the first segment of this week's Monday Night Raw, where we let off with Seth Rollins in the ring, which, let, let me get to that first. The show has a cold open with Seth Rollins' music playing, and he's already standing in the middle of the ring. Not right. only is that just stupid, because I would rather you know see him come down on the ramp and get all fired up and all that, but I, I, and I don't know if they've done this lately because I haven't watched Raw in the last couple of weeks, but like the part where it says burn it down in a song played like Dude, six, six times. It drove me nuts. That's the first time that they first have done that that I've seen. Like, okay. And it, I, it was I hope, crazy. I hope that's an isolated incident because that really like, I don't mind the one burn it down. It gets the whole crowd fired up. I like it. It's a cool yeah. touch song, yeah, but same. that's a little bit overkill. So yeah, I just want to, I just want to bitch about that for a second, but uh, well, I know. I, well, real quick, I know when he came yeah. out for the TLC match against Corbin, it only said it once. Okay. So I, th I think maybe one of those things they did it went, ooh, that went over like a fart in church, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they were like, oh, maybe we shouldn't do that again. So right. yeah, they definitely okay. didn't do it for the match. All right. So I'm, I'm glad they. All right, I'm glad that was it because I, I was kind of listening with the sound down for part of it. Um, all right, Seth, uh, kind of sort of addressed. Well, not kind of sort of. He really did address the, uh, the situation uh, about. Uh, how boring the show was and how fans aren't happy with it. And uh, Baron Corbin had come down the ring to uh, confront him. And uh, Seth just kind of said what I said there, that he said the show was boring. The fans are, you know, fans are bored. Corbin sucks as a general manager. So uh, in a weird way, which I didn't expect, and it's a good, it's a good thing because I, I, I actually liked it. It actually got my attention. Uh, they directly kind of uh, addressed what's been going on in social media lately. Yeah, it was it was really interesting, and uh, uh, one thing I saw somebody mention online, I thought this was a pretty good pretty good quote that they said. They mentioned something about how Seth Rollins represented every single person watching Raw, <laughs> and especially the people that are talking about it, and then Baron Corbin representing Vince McMahon, and so it kind of gave everybody a visual to say, okay, well Seth Rollins is speaking on behalf of everybody, and Corbin speaking on behalf of Vince McMahon. And so you can kind of see both sides standing in the middle of the ring. And of course, you know, 99% of the people have said the exact same thing Seth Rollins did. But for them to put it out there like that, it was really interesting. It was interesting. It's not something they, they normally do. So that was 
definitely a welcome addition to uh, to what's been going on lately. And like I said, since I haven't been watching it, I don't I don't know how they've started the show. You know, last few weeks, but uh, that was a, that was a pretty decent start to the show, and it actually grabbed my attention and and kept me wanting more. So uh, I'm I'm kind of glad they did that. I thought the matches were were decent. Um, I actually liked the Bobby Roode and Chad Gable match uh, where they won the tag team titles against yeah. AOP. Yeah, it was really good. It's really well uh, done. And uh, I mentioned this to you right after the match is that, you know, I like the way they ended it by having the, I wouldn't say a fluke pinfall, but, you know, with Drake Maverick celebrating and then rolling him <laughs> up and get the victory. Right. You know, you can, can, you can continue this with, with both teams and uh, you could probably push this past the Royal Rumble if you wanted to. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, AOP has a good argument for the fact that none of them got, neither of them got pinned. So they should still be champion. Right, and you know they've been so reluctant with anything with the tag team division on Raw lately that they, you know, they need to do something. And putting it on on Gable and and Rude was a, was a great idea. I agree, and I think uh, actually getting back to Seth Rollins for a second, he actually uh, made a complaint to Corbin that you know one of the best tag teams in the world, the Revival, you know, is is being relegated to freaking like luchador house party matches or. Or some bullshit like that. And yeah, that was I, I, that was that weird. Was, I, was I didn't cool. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I didn't see that yeah. coming. That was cool. That's good. And I, I'm a big fan of the revival, especially you know their stuff in NXT. Their matches with uh, American Alpha, their matches with uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano were just like I mean, that was match of the year. Their two yeah, like, falls match. So the revival are such a good team. They really deserve a much better spot than the spot that they're in right now. They uh, remind me of Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard from the oh old yeah days. Brainbusters all the way. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I I haven't been a fan of the Rude and Gable thing just because I think it's gone on way too long, and I'm I'm waiting for Rude to just beat the shit out of that little bastard. <laughs> even <laughs> even though I do like Gable, I'm like you know, like I said last week, Rude belongs to be a heel. He should be a heel. He does. Um, so I don't know how long they're going to carry this on for. Right, and he's he's so good. I mean, they they haven't even shown a fraction of what he can actually do. Right. NXT did a little bit, but on the main roster, he just he's kind of floundered. Yes, and yeah. Bobby Roode is a natural heel as it is. And, yes. you know, you give him an opportunity to, to show what he can do. He can be a huge player. Yeah, I agree. Now, I do I do like their entrance now since they gave <laughs> they gave Gable a robe and they gave him both uh, spotlights and both like little turntables that they stand on in, in their <laughs> entrance. I kind of I kind of dug that. That was kind of cool. He's like a mini me. So, he I mean, is. That, yeah, <laughs> that, that was exactly what I was thinking. Too when yeah, I saw it. that part was kind of cool. But I, I thought the match overall was really good. And uh, I love Drake Maverick, who used to be Rockstar Spud. He's come to Nashville a few times for uh, independent shows, and yeah, he's he's very he, good. He's a heat magnet. Like when he comes here, man, he just knows how to get the the crowd fired. He'd flip people off in the crowd, and you know <laughs> he he'd cheat, and the referee wouldn't see it. He'd turn around and just like tell the fans to fuck off. I mean, it was like you know he's he's a he's a really good wrestler, and he's a really good heel. So he is, yeah, I'm I'm glad that he's actually in the spotlight on Raw instead of being a relegated to being a general manager of whatever that fucking show is. I don't even watch it. The, the two hundred five live, yeah, that one. Yeah, one and you know watched. it's 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 funny you mentioned that because I feel the same way about Leo Rush, and you know yeah he's became a little annoying mouthpiece for for Bobby Roode which he does great, <laughs> but he he is a he's a phenomenal in ring competitor. Yeah, and when you watch him on two hundred five live and even the stuff he did before then you know in the independence he is so good and he showed a little bit of that with his match against Elias this week. Yes, that was actually that was a pretty decent match and I I had never seen him wrestle because I don't watch two hundred five live so. I never even seen him with a shirt off, and dude's like jacked. He is, yeah. He's like five foot two, but I mean, he's like he's freaking <laughs> he's freaking jacked. I mean, to the gills. I don't know if he's on steroids or anything, but we won't, we won't get into that. Um, 
What what else happened? Uh, we had Finn Balor. <laughs> we'll talk about that come up on TLC recap or uh, preview. But what is up with having Drew uh, and and Dolph fight on Raw? Uh, to me, that should be the TLC match. I know uh, we talked this week because I asked you, you know, why was Balor getting into it? They really don't have a history. But you mentioned that Corbin and Balor had been feuding, you know, for the most part of the early early this year, like mid mid this year, right? And uh, but I, and I was watching that, but you know, that's at least two, three, four months ago. Why? Yeah, it's been a while, yeah. Why would they leave Dolph off the card and put Balor in? That doesn't. I mean, they just broke up. It should definitely be Dolph. And yeah, Drew in that, yeah, in that it, it is, match. It is, and it's not like Dolph and, and Drew weren't in a a big feud. Like they were at the top of the card with Braun and the Shield and all that. Yeah. So, so, to so just, then, and, yeah, go to, ahead. Bl- to blow that off on Raw doesn't make sense to me at all. No, especially like just back to back weeks done. I mean, this this could that could last. And it you was know, a good you know, ma- it, w- it was a good match, but you, you know, know. I, I would have them come out. You know, maybe be one of the last few in the Royal Rumble, and then have mm-hmm. Drew eliminate. Um, um, yeah, yeah, Ziggler, <laughs> Ziggler, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> have him eliminate Ziggler and, and go from there. But uh, yeah, yeah, I agree with you that this this should be the TLC match. If I mean, if they're going to go this quickly with it, at least do the blow off there. You know, have some kind of gimmick match. Right, and now maybe he'll get involved in the finish, and maybe they'll, maybe they'll, you know, prolong their feud, or it'll be like the, it'll it'll kick off their feud for the next couple of months. But I, I was surprised to see that, and it was a really good match. Um, Dolph's great. I mean, he's been great for years. We all know that. We don't have to talk yeah. about how good Dolph is. Um, but Drew, dude, Drew is money. We said it last week, and I'll say it again. Drew can be the face of this company. He's that good. He's got the great look. He's got a great body. He's got a great promo. He's got personality. He does DDP yoga. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he, he's got it all. I really see him being the, the, the front man. If, if Roman's not coming back, I can see Drew carrying that ball for, uh, for the next year or two. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, even further than that, I'd say next five years, put Drew and Seth together. Let Drew yeah. and Seth be those top two that carry the company because they both have, you know, the total package and everything you need to be the, the faces of a company. I agree. Um, Ruby Riot or Natalia came out for a promo, um, talking about how she's going to dedicate her match coming up at TLC to her dad. And then Ruby Riot comes out, and you know, I, 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 I like Woo! the Riot, I like the Riot Squad a lot. Uh, I've never really actually heard Ruby on the mic that much, mm-hmm. but uh, she's got some spunk, man. She could be right up there with Alexa for she, she's for coming top up quick. She's yeah. coming up quick, man. She cut a hell of a promo just cutting Natty down for you know for uh, dedicating the match to her dad. And, you know, she presented her with a gift. And it, <laughs> it, she pulls the cover off this thing, and it's a table, because I guess they're going to have a tables match, or we'll get into that later. But the table had, <laughs> looks like a, a big fathead sticker of of uh, Jim the Evil Neidhart on it, Natty's uh, dad who passed away a couple of months ago. Uh, that's kind of a dick move. I mean, it, 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 picking on someone's dead dad and saying that this table's for you and it's got his picture on it, I'm going to put you through it, and you're going to be closer to your dad than you ever were before, that's kind of a dick move, and I really, really appreciate that. I really, really liked what Ruby brought to the table, and I, I would like to... That interests me, because I don't really care for her in the ring that much, but that interests me uh, to see more of her uh, promo-wise, because I think she really has a lot of talent, and uh, she, she really knows how to cut a good asshole promo. She does, yeah. She, she's really came a long way, like in a real short period of time. 
because you know even when she was in NXT, she didn't really cut a lot of promos, but she was halfway decent in the ring. Right. And over the last, I'd say two or three months, you know, she's really developed into a pretty pretty great heel, especially with Alexa going down. You know, you kind of be like, okay, who's that? Who's that heel that's going to kind of step up and everybody? You know, WWE's go getting behind Nia and everything, which we will get into. Her. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Ruby Riot, there's something there. There's definitely something there with her. Um, yeah, I guess you you can make the argument. Is it too soon? You know, is it a little much with with the Anvil stuff? But I, I don't think it is, especially because you know Natty's behind this, and she wouldn't, you know, this wouldn't be done without Natty's consent of some right, sort. Exactly. Right. 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 Um, and of course, you know, you have people nowadays, and you hear this on other podcasts too. They talk about how, oh, I want the Attitude Era back. Oh, I want this and this back. And then when they do something like this, people will be like, oh no, it's too much. It's I, too I much. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah. just. Hey, be happy we're getting something like this. Like this is this is good. And, and I watched it and went, oh shit. Yeah, okay. I did too. Like, you, yeah. you have you have my you have my attention with this feud now. Exactly. Um, I really don't want to talk much about Ronda Rousey and uh, and Nia Jax. Uh, they had a a face to face with Alexa Bliss being the moderator. Um, I, I don't mind Rousey. Rousey actually came up with some fire for once because she's pretty much played like the female John Cena where. She's all smiles every time she comes down the ring. And this must be the baddest chick on the planet. And every time she comes down the ring, she's smiling and laughing and, and slapping hands with people. I, baby face is one thing, but just being over the top, just white bread, white meat baby face, that doesn't play too well in this day and age. And I'm surprised not more people have said anything about it because she's so good in the ring. Um, yeah, at least she, you know, Naya, God, Jesus, Naya. Naya's like fucking NyQuil, dude. I, I can't listen to her. It just You said, <laughs> you pretty much said the same thing. Like, uh, I really don't want to listen to this. I might just mute it, and, you know, because right. uh, she just, she, as I said last week, she's, she, I think she's lazy in the ring. I don't, I don't think she's really motivated to, to be anything special. I think she's pretty vanilla, and her promos are pretty vanilla, too. So, I mean, and, she, you know, you know, I, I think I think Nia has potential. Like, I really do. She and, does. You know, she, she, she's got wrestling in her blood. Right. She's she has. I just I, you're right. I think you put it the the perfect way is that she's lazy. Yeah. And, and I I think she feels like she can go out there just be this big monster and smile, and then that's all she has to do. That's a great point. And um, it just it she seems so scripted. Right. And of course, of course, we know you know most promos are scripted, but with her, you can just tell. You yep. can tell she's reading off a piece of paper and reading what to say, and it doesn't come off genuine. And when you're going to get somebody like Ronda Rousey, who you know is a badass bitch, and you know you can't sit there and be scripted because you know Ronda's going to come out there and just, oh, we're going to rip her arm off. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, so I mean, getting getting through that promo to get Rousey out there was, was, was kind of a, a pain. But like I said, once Ronda came out, she was fucking ready to fight. She had that fire in her eye, which I haven't really seen that much yet, you know, unless she's in the ring and she's doing her comeback. But, I mean, she really had that, I'm going to fucking kick your ass, bitch, uh, when I, <laughs> next time I see you. and it, it, you know, I'm not going to do it right now, but come TLC, shit's on. And yeah. you're gonna, I don't care how big you are, I'm the baddest bitch on the planet, and you're going to get your fucking ass kicked. So. And, that, and that's how Ronda needs to be. You know, yeah, say what you need to say, but then right. be, be Ronda Rousey. Yeah. That's and exactly that, that's, what, that's, people gonna, that's what people are going to get behind. Yeah. So, yeah. And that that led to uh, a match that really has no ramifications at all to anything. Uh, Ember Moon uh, defeated Tamina, which uh, I know they've been doing like tag team matches or maybe six man tags lately. Um, but it was really just kind of meh, you know, like it was a decent match. I like Ember Moon. 
Uh, I just wish they would do a lot more with her because she could, she could easily be the face of that company as well on the female side. I think she's a fantastic wrestler. Her finishing move is like the coolest shit I've ever seen. That, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, the the Eclipse, in my opinion, is the best finisher in the company right now. Yeah, and I it use is it so good. I, yeah, I use it for my creative character in WWE. Uh, right. In nineteen <laughs> this year, so yeah. Um, but yeah, that was so just good. A, it was just a yeah, it was it was, it was an, all right, an all right match. Uh, Ember did get the win with the Eclipse. Which I was, I was very happy to see. She she needs she needs some wins. Yeah, because I mean Tamina, I don't know. Tamina's Tamina. She's not. She's just there. She's kind of filler, kind of like Alicia Fox. She's uh, kind of she's kind of like Nia Jax light. Right yeah, now. pretty much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which which sucks because being Jimmy Snuka's daughter, she shouldn't be. Nia should be Tamina yeah. light. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, then we had Bailey defeat Alicia Fox. So I really don't give a shit about that. Uh, Dean Ambrose. Oh, Let man. me tell you something. This dude's good. Right up there with, with Daniel Bryan, Dean Ambrose is the best heel on Raw. This dude's good, man. Bar, bar none. And I, he was, when the Shield first came in, he actually was my favorite character. Just the way he looked, the way he carried himself, his body language. I always thought that he was the more talented one out of all three. Not mm-hmm. athletic-wise, but just overall package. Yeah. I, thought he, I thought he had it all. Cause he's a decent worker. He's kind of like the Christian and the Edge of Christian. Um, mm-hmm. that's, but, good, that's a good analogy, yeah. yeah I agree. But he definitely is a player and I think he he had a decent run with the title on SmackDown. Um I thought they could have done more with him, but turning him heel was absolutely the right thing coming off that injury because uh Seth is too hot right now and Ro- obviously Roman was hot or they were trying to make him hot. And they didn't foresee Roman going down, so uh, their their plan was to make Dean a heel all along, I think. Uh but he is money, dude. And they they, they showed a promo with him backstage. He did a backstage interview and Fuck! It was like a five-minute promo video. She's like, "Hey, let me get your thoughts on this," and they played like this. <laughs> that was that was so like, weird. Like, like seven-minute video about like him and Seth and the whole history and all that. And I'm like, "All right," but it was a cool video. But I'm like, "Yeah, that's yeah, I don't know, that's kind of a little bit weird." And then they came back to them, and he didn't sell it. She asked him how he felt about it, and he just stared and kind of looked away. And he looked like maybe he's gonna say something, and then he just walked away. I love that shit. I love when Dan O'Brien does that. I love when like uh, Nakamura does that. You don't want to. Answer the question. You don't want to give people what they want. You got to let them. You got to make them wait for it. And I think he's done a great job of doing that. Yeah, I do too. And I'll tell you two two things that kind of worry me though. Coming out of this, is that you know yes, Dean has been so good, but it seems like you know they're moving. They're kind of moving Seth on a little bit away from Dean. You know, and maybe it's just temporary. But putting Seth in this position as the one for the fans. <laughs> you know, it's going to eventually it's going to push him away from Dean Ambrose and be back on his own, I guess, as you could put it. But what that's what's that going to do with Dean? You know, yeah, let's say Dean wins the Intercontinental title. Are they just going to move Seth up the rank and then keep Dean there? Yes. Or are they yes. going to continue? Are they going to continue it from there? I mean, they really should continue it because there's a lot they could do there. I don't want them to do just, you know, a month or two with these two and then blow it off and be done with it. Like there's there's some money to be made with these with, with this feud between these two guys. Yeah, I have a lot to say about that. It, it kind of ties in with the Royal Rumble, which is coming up, you know, in a month. I don't really want to get into that right now. Um, I, I think I know where where Seth is headed. I think you're right. I think they'll probably blow this off. Maybe, yeah. No, they'll probably blow this off now with the Rumble coming up. I don't. I don't think they're going to fight each other at the Rumble. Um, so th- this this may this may be it, or they may have one maybe maybe one more blow off match on Raw after that. But uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think. Such a waste, man. It, it is a waste. Dean will, you know, kind of be upper mid card with the Intercontinental title, and I, I do believe Seth will be moving on to the main event, especially if Roman's not coming back and they're not going to push Drew. 
I think they're going to push Seth to be that guy. I think he's going to be the face of Raw. Yeah, which which I'm for, but it's, but you have arguably the top heel on on Raw with Dean Ambrose, and <laughs> you, you can't you can't just let him. I mean, yeah, give him the Intercontinental title, which would be great and all, but I mean, I mean, what do you do with him? Like, who do you feud him with if, right. if you move Seth on this quickly? Right. Uh, the other the other thing I took from it is, you know, we were talking about the whole Natty thing and how, you know, yeah, we're probably okay with 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 Anvil and how she's probably okay with doing everything. I don't know how I feel about them bringing Roman into this though, because this is something that's that's a really big deal. Yes, thankfully Roman is still here with us, but Roman yes. is fighting this battle. And yep. to to use his sickness in between this feud, especially if this feud is going to be blown off as quickly as it is, I kind of have a problem with it. Uh, yeah, you I'm know, glad if, you mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. Even if Roman is is cool with it, this I, I don't know. I just I watching it, and when I was watching the video, I'm like, okay, you know, the history is cool and stuff like that. Uh, Ambrose burning the vest that was cool too. But when they showed when they showed Reigns' promo of him talking about his leukemia, I was like, why? There's, there's, there's no need to bring that in here unless you're trying to make it more personal. And if you're doing that, you're kind of just being a douchebag right. and you're kind of, you're kind of putting a, a really bad taste into this feud, you know, just, just let it be Seth and Dean, let them beat the hell out of each other and how they held each other down. You really don't, you really don't have to bring Roman into this feud. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I actually forgot about that. And you're right. They did show a piece in that video package of Roman giving his speech about how he has leukemia and how he has to uh, to go away for a while, and then they showed uh, all three of them stand together, and and Seth was crying, and and uh, yeah, you're right, that, that was kind of poor taste. I don't think they had to use him to build heat for Dean. I think Dean's done a good job enough on his own building heat, especially with that first initial beatdown. Um, right. I'm thinking they technically they could have used their history of Seth turning on Dean originally, and turning mm-hmm. on both him and and Roman. When they when the shield broke up the first time, uh, maybe there's too much time in between then and now. But I mean, Possibly, I, yeah, I, I still think he could have used part of that as motivation. Well, like, well, you did it. You want to be a superstar? Made you do a champion. You know, well, why can't I do that? And that's right. that's not that's not the direction they chose to go in. And and you're right. I thought using Roman was uh, was cheap heat, and they didn't have to do that. Exactly. Yeah, cheap heat. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, for sure. Um, the. Uh, they showed a promo package for Lars Anderson coming up from NXT. Lars Sullivan. Re- sorry, Lars. I don't know yeah. if Lars. <laughs> Lars Anderson, I think, was was like an actual wrestler back in like 1950. Uh, that, that, that's how old I am. If he uh, shows up, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. No yeah. shit. <laughs> um, Lars Sullivan is coming up. Sorry. And uh, he, he's a big bastard, dude. I, I liked his stuff in NXT. Um, yeah. I think they can make him a brawn type guy of just destroying jobbers for like the first four or five months. And just build him up as his monster heel. Who would you feed him to? Who'd you feed him to, or who'd you f- feed to him? Who would you? Who? Well, they're going to feed him to somebody. You know, they're going to build him up, and they're going to destroy him. So, who who's going to be the 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 monster slayer? Oh, maybe it'll be Braun. But I mean, I I could see it being Braun. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, yeah. You, I mean, if he was if he was still wrestling, you'd say Reigns. You know, Reigns right. would be the one. But you know, I guess you have to factor in he could go to SmackDown too. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, but, but, but I think he's going to raw. I, I think, you know, land, you know, raw is kind of the land of the giants and everything. Right. I think that's where he's going to go. Um, man, that's a good question because I that's, mean, how that, many, I mean, that's how, classic, how many, how many, uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. That's classic Vince booking is to build somebody up to feed him to somebody else. Right. And how many, you know, upper mid card main event baby faces are there right now? 
because you know he's you know Lars is going to be in that position as soon as he comes in. Right. So you know Seth. You know could, could that be could Lars be Seth's stepping stone to Brock Lesnar? Maybe. I, I I don't know. That's a good question. Or or do you have Lars come in and just you know beat enhancement talent until after WrestleMania, and then you can kind of figure in there where you're exactly where on the card you're going to put him. I think most likely that's probably what they'll do. Um, but they have the Seth is good enough to carry the company. Honestly, uh, I think he's the most talented superstar in the ring and on the mic right now. He he has the total package. He could be that next John Cena. To where, you know, against all odds, Seth Rollins is good enough to beat anybody, and they'll just feed him all these guys to take out. Um, I think he can play that role pretty well. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see where they head with that. I kind of thought Finn Balor was going to be that guy when they kept feeding him to Braun, and they kept showing you know how tough Finn is and how he never backs down and all that. Uh, but I, I think Rollins will be better suited in that position. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, I, I'm a huge Finn Balor fan, but, you know, we, we kind of know where Finn stands yeah. on Raw, and it's not going to change. And I think Finn's going to be in that position where he's going to help elevate Drew McIntyre because right. McIntyre's going to be the guy, okay, well, I beat Dolph Ziggler, a former heavyweight champion. I beat yeah. Finn Balor, the first universal champion. Well, now I can start moving up. Right. And, may, you know, maybe you have a small feud with Braun Strowman to finally get him to the tippy top where he's going to be probably feud with Seth Rollins after WrestleMania would be my yeah. guess. I agree. Um, so they to end the show, they had a TLC match with Baron Corbin and Seth Rollins uh, for the Intercontinental title. Uh, I thought it was a really, really solid match. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not always thrilled with Corbin in the ring, but like I said, Seth is just that damn good that he can elevate anybody, and I think he led Corbin to probably one of the best matches he's ever had since he got called up on the main roster. Which isn't saying much, you know. Not, 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 nothing, <laughs> nothing against Braun, not Braun, nothing against Corbin as much as how good Seth Rollins is. That yeah. you know he could probably lead me to a good match if you know if, if he had to. Oh come on, man! You were an indie wrestler. You can. You can <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know but, you can go. <laughs> you know, uh, but one 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 unsung person in this that I really enjoyed though is Heath Slater. Yes. And I'm really interested to see where they're going to go with him because you know I texted you during the show. And I came up with the scenario of eventually him standing up to Corbin and getting this big baby face push. But I'm thinking they might go the other direction and it might be okay with him actually working with Corbin to be kind of like the crooked referee for him. And, and I like that. I, like that I do lot. too. I do too. And normally I'm not big on the whole crooked referee thing, but having a former wrestler, you know, and he can say that Corbin, you know, it's because of Corbin he has a job and, you know, right. he – he writes his checks and stuff like yeah. that, and he, he it could it could really work out with with Heath in this position. Plus, he's it's got, giving him he, he, it's giving got, him TV time. So he, he's got kids, dude. He needs a job. He's got kids. <laughs> right. exactly. exactly. That's exactly. I mean, he could play off of that. That's all he needs to do. I'm yeah. doing what I got to do to feed my family. Right. If if and, you guys don't like it, I don't give a shit because I need a job, and and whatever Baron tells me to do, I'm going to do. I think it works perfectly. I think it's it's almost like the Nick Patrick NWO thing, but I think. This is a better storyline because uh, he he can't get fired like Rhino. And speaking of Rhino, he uh, cut a, a video this week um, saying that he's not leaving or he's not retiring after getting quote unquote you know storyline fired from Raw. Uh, I think he's just taking time off for some injuries and stuff and to reassess what he wants to do. But he, he's not gonna he's not gonna retire. But yeah, I, I'm glad you brought up that thing with Heath because I totally forgot to mention that um, Baron saying yeah you know. 
you're not going to be, you have a job, but you're not going to be wrestling anymore. You know, you're, you're going to be one of our officials and hand him yeah. a, a referee shirt. And I thought that was fucking genius. So I really, I really, <laughs> and he almost helped Baron beat Seth. Yeah, uh, I was surprised he, by that. I mean, yeah, he, he, I, I guess you could see it coming in hindsight, but when right. he pushed the ladder over, I was like, oh shit. Okay. Oh shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Corbin's actually could win this. Yes. So that was good. Uh, yeah. Overall, I thought, overall, I thought Raw was pretty good. Uh, much yeah. better than the last couple of weeks. Uh, you didn't miss much by not watching the last few weeks. I can't, uh, it, I can't it hold it up. Yeah, I can't hold it up against anything because I haven't watched it. But to me, it, it kept my attention, and I, I enjoyed the show for yeah. once. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's move on to SmackDown Live, which was last night. Uh, they let off the show with a promo from the new, quote, new, because I think that's what they're calling him, the new Daniel Bryan. I think. Yeah, they, they call him that after his matches, too, the new Daniel Bryan. Yeah, so like, that is... Kind of like corporate Kane, you know, kind yeah, of the same thing, like the new Kane. Daniel Bryan. And I, I really do. You mentioned last week about how much you like Daniel's promos, and I agree. Daniel, Daniel's Man. money, dude. Daniel Daniel cut a really, really good promo, and he, he keeps calling the fans fickle, and he kept saying it over again, fickle, fickle, fickle. <laughs> and I know that that's a Vince thing, but I'm like, I, I don't mind it, actually, because it's, it's good heat. And um, I think I saw an article. I forgot where it was here. I, I don't know where they were, but... You're like wishing this kid a happy birthday or something. It might have been even like <laughs> after the show went off the air, and he called the, the kid stupid. <laughs> right, he did. Like, he said, like, "Happy birthday, stupid. stupid" or something like that. I was like, "Wow, dude's using kids to get heat." I mean, he, he's so going good. all out. He's so good. He really. I'm glad I watched it last night because he, he he was really really good, and I don't really have to get into what all he said. I mean, he was just you know talking about AJ Styles and uh, talking about how fans love AJ and. You know, how they sit on the couch and cheer for him and, you know, they, they can't get in the ring and do anything about it. So, you know, I mean, he just, he's good. And being like the whole, like, earther guy, like, you know, he's not doing the vegan thing, but he, he's doing the environment angle and stuff like that. And nobody wants to hear that shit. Nobody wants to recycle. Right. So that's, <laughs> that's so, like, 1990s. Um, <laughs> but I really, really enjoy that. And that led to uh, to Mustafa Ali interrupting Brian. Uh, and he challenged him to a match, and Brian kind of called him out, like, "Who are you? You know, what have you done? You're just this little guy from 205 Live and all that." And and like I said, I don't watch that show, uh, and I haven't watched Raw a lot, so I don't know if, if Mustafa's been on Raw at all in a cruiserweight match. But um, you said he was a really, really good wrestler, and I agree. Uh, for really not seeing that much of him, um. I thought Mustafa Ali was pretty decent on the mic, and I think he's really, really good in the ring. And it looks like a lot of guys backstage uh, hugged him and, and congratulated him, gave him credit for having a good match because it it really, really was a great match. It was, and it, I'll tell you the one thing I kept thinking the entire time I was watching this, besides how great Daniel Bryan is and how you know great they are wrestling together, is that we hear all the time how you know new stars don't get pushed, and WWE doesn't know how to make new stars, and how they don't know how to make us care about people. Well, in one segment, all of a sudden, I cared about Mustafa Ali. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. so it, it just it, it baffles me because you take somebody like Finn Balor, who is already loved by the crowd, and mm-hmm. they do nothing with him. Yep. And, you know, I've heard, I've read articles and everything of people saying that Vincent Mann thinks there's no way to get him over and there's no way to get certain people over. Well, then you bring Mustafa Ali from 205 out and make him into a, into a big deal where people yeah. are cheering him to beat Daniel Bryan, which a lot of that is because of Daniel Bryan. Right. But I mean, to make Mustafa Ali relevant in one segment says a, says a whole lot. And I'm wondering if they're going to do more with that, if this is just going to be a one-off, you know, or if they're going to bring him up to the main roster, because uh, 
Bleacher Report had a review on him on that match, and uh, they kind of said it was like Taka Mishinoku against Triple H from 2000. Uh, mm-hmm. Everyone knew like Taka didn't have a chance of winning, but the game did just enough to put him over to make him think that he's going to win. That's exactly what Daniel did with Mustafa this week is just put him over enough to where he thought, you know, you thought he maybe he, wow, he might actually beat Daniel uh, before pulling the rug out from under everybody. But I mean, he, Daniel's that good to where he can put the shine on anybody and, uh, and make you think that they're going to win kind of like Ric Flair used to do back in the day. Right. I don't know if I'd go as far to say talking triple H that might be a little <laughs> bit of a little bit of a stretch, okay. but I would say not saying that, you know, Mustafa Ali is Daniel Bryan, but I would go back to when Daniel Bryan was in NXT and he faced Chris Jericho when he was the champion. Good call. And, and when they had their match, and it made Daniel Bryan look so good. Yes. And it, you know, and Chris Jericho was like, okay, you know, even though Bryan's yeah. not going to do that, you right. know, it just it made it look like okay, there are people out there that you don't think real highly of that are super talented and can be over in this company in any in any capacity. Right. I agree. Um, <laughs> I, I started streaming during SmackDown, so I was kind of just watching back and forth, so I didn't catch all of it. Uh, Apparently, there's a battle rap between the Usos and the bar. I it was so act- good. Was it good? I didn't. I didn't actually hear it because I had my my mic, my headphones on playing you know playing Mario Maker. Uh, so you can give a little bit of what I missed about what you thought of that because I didn't okay. actually hear what what was said. So okay, so I, I thought it was pretty good. Um, it started off with the New Day. You know, they came out and they talked about how they're the host of the rap battle, mm-hmm. and the Usos kind of shut them down and say the last time they had a rap battle, they won stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well. <laughs> Seamus and Cesaro were dressed kind of like 90s white rappers. Like, <laughs> and then, then they cut this rap in the tune of Ice Ice Baby nice. by Vanilla Ice. Yep. And it, it was it was bad. I mean, it was it was about as bad as you think it could be, but it was funny. You know, right. it was it was real, real good humor. Well then the Usos took over and started dogging on him and do- dogging about Seamus and his hair. Uh, called them, called both of them Bebop and Rocksteady, you know, because <laughs> That's awesome, right. and the best part is when, and, like, I think they called Seamus Bebop and called um, Cesaro Rocksteady, and Seamus is sitting there going, I'm Rocksteady. I'm Rocksteady. <laughs> because That's hilarious, because he was Rocksteady in the movie, right? right. Uh, That's the awesome. Be- the best line of the whole thing <laughs> is when the Usos talked about when they threw um, Cesaro into the t- into the uh, the turnbuckle and knocked yeah. his teeth out. Ah, uh, and nice. and they kind of played off to that, and, and nice. then they did like this fake interview with the turnbuckle, talking about how he took down Cesaro <laughs> and everything. Yeah, it was good. It was good. And then and then you know it turned into a brawl, like you know, like you you would. And the bar stood tall, and it was nice. uh, it was a nice it was a nice little brawl. It was quick, but it, it made made the bar look look like a big deal, and kind of kind of showed okay they have a funny side, but they're they're ready for Sunday, and they're they're gonna bring it. They're gonna bring in that uh, that triple threat match. So are the bar still the heels now? Because I know Usos a yeah. turn heel mid year. Yeah, okay. I would I would say the bar's the heels, and then New Day and the Usos are both the baby faces. Okay, all right. Um, so I, I'm kind of disappointed a little bit because you know TLC is this weekend, and I was gonna bring this up to you the other day, but I wanted to wait till the podcast. Okay, and you know with with everything going on, you know they did the whole Jeff Hardy 20 year thing a couple weeks ago. Talk about his career and then yeah. everything going on with Matt Hardy and his new show. Um, and then, you know, with the Edge and Christian show on the network now, season two, I thought this is the perfect opportunity to do another triple threat TLC match. Ah, uh, yes. And I'm yeah. really, I feel like they really missed something, which I know it's a really dangerous match. And Sheamus has had some issues with his neck and stuff like that. So, I mean, right. it, it kind of makes sense. But I feel like with everything going on with the history of the teams that were in the older match, that this would be a perfect time to do this triple threat tag team TLC match again. Yeah, and, and I would, uh, I would, I would enjoy that. 
yeah, I would enjoy that a lot. I mean, I've, I've loved the Hardys since they first came in uh, back in 98, 99. Uh, they've always been my favorite tag team uh, of that, that era. So uh, I, I love anything Hardys. Um, Matt recently came out and said that he'd just taken time off to heal up from nagging injuries. Yeah, I'm glad to see that because supposedly, like, he has some kind of injury where his spine, like, fused with, with his pelvis or something like that. Like, it was yeah. bad. And, it, and uh, you can tell when he's come back, like, he, he hasn't been the same. Like, he walks kind of funny. Yeah. He's always had kind of messed up, you know, legs and hips and stuff like that. But, yeah, that I mean, that kind of makes sense. If, if that was was the injury, that's really hard to come back from that. But maybe uh, maybe with time off, who knows, maybe he's done some DDP yoga himself and maybe he's stretched everything out. And, yep. and uh I, he, I was, he noticed he knows he doesn't do that middle rope leg drop anymore. That's exactly, probably, yeah. that's probably what caused it. Doing that exactly, thing. yeah, I agree. Uh, so him saying that he's probably not retiring and that he'll come back was uh, a very welcome statement from me. Um, next, we had the Miz come out and cut a promo on Shane McMahon. Uh, apparently, the Miz is still pissed off that Shane replaced him at the World Cup uh, tournament in Crown Jewel. Um, so I guess that led to them having an impromptu match. Um, what was it? it was Miz and Shane against Chip the Vegas, and Ch- the Vegas boys Chip and, <laughs> Chip and Chad Chip and Chad yeah I don't even yeah. know who the, who the fuck they are um so yeah that was kind of a weird weird deal I have um, no idea where they're going with this because I don't, this, I don't really care this, I love this, I love the Miz but I I could not give one shit about that at all honestly because they're having him be like this over the top you know wanting to team with Shane McMahon be his number two and. Yeah. Stuff like that. And I, I don't know. I think it's going to go either one of two ways. Either Shane's going to turn heel and get tired of, of Miz's crap. Or <laughs> or Miz is finally going to snap and jump Shane for not wanting to be his friend pretty much. You know? Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't understand. Like, why would he want to be his number two if Shane dicked him over and, and, and put himself in that match of Crown Jewel and, and became the winner uh, of the World Cup? I don't, I don't understand why... What what's the logic in that? What's the psychology in, in Miz wanting to be his friend now? Is he doing it just to get on his good side and then stab him in the back and get his revenge? Like that that that's kind of the thing you really don't know. Like right. Miz really isn't talking. He's just being so over the top with it, and it kind of reminds me of back in uh, I think it was two thousand two thousand one when Edge won the the King of the Ring. And Christian carried the trophy around everywhere and saying like you know I'm I'm the King of the Ring I'm the King <laughs> yeah. of the Ring you know it, it right. kind of reminds me of that yeah. Um, you know, and what's weird is I read over the weekend, this past weekend, that Miz was working with Daniel Bryan at the house shows, but he's working as a babyface. Huh. And so yeah. I don't know if they're I don't know if they're kind of like testing something out with him to see how he would get reactions as a babyface. I don't know, but the thing I'm afraid of mm. is that this is going to lead to a match between Shane and the Miz at WrestleMania. And yeah, I, I don't want as, that. As much as I like yeah. the Miz, and I guess Shane does have okay matches, I just don't right. think they're going to be that good for a spot at WrestleMania like that. No, not like AJ and Shane. Or right. Like that. Yeah, Shane and Taker, you know, those are yeah, big things. Yeah. Um, I love The Miz, honestly, uh, personally and professionally. Me too. I think, I think he's a great dude. He does a lot for the company. He's John Cena Jr. He does more appearances <laughs> and more charity things. Don't tell other than, that. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, he, he's a very good company guy, and he's solid in the ring. He, he is, really yeah. is. He's been there long enough. He is a very, very good worker, and he's still one of the best promos in the company. Yeah. Um. So I don't think he's been utilized enough. Um. I don't see him as a face only because they tried that before and it failed. He was. He was. Yep. It fell flat. He was. He was boring. I think he's a natural heel, and I don't think he should be anything else. I think he should stay a heel and retire a heel. Yeah. Um, I, I, 
I, I pretty much love all that he does, but when they like they teamed it with Ric Flair and he Rick gave him the figure four as a finisher, you know, kind of like you know, passing the the baton to him and uh nobody cared. It just it fell flat. So I ah, God, I don't know. I, I'm hoping his, his heel work's been so good for so long now. Right. Ever since the whole talking smack thing a couple years ago, he's just he's yes. gotten higher and higher up on the ladder. And I think I think he should be in the main event picture yeah. with how good he's been. I've I thought that for a yeah. while. I but know. you know, saying that he does kind of carry that that upper mid card to a to a strong degree. Like, yeah. like if you compare it like to Raw, the upper yeah. mid card on SmackDown is so much better. Yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do with the Miz. Right. Um, so I'm hoping my theory comes true that he's just going to try to get on Shane's good side to kind of lure him in and then just stab him in the back and, and get his his revenge for what happened at Crown Jewel. Um, we we have a promo with Randy Orton. Um, again, Rand, Randy to me is a great wrestler. Uh, he does have a lot of charisma, but for whatever reason, his promos just fall flat to me. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's the fact that like like kind of like Nia, he's just kind of reciting the lines that they give to him and you could tell he's thinking really hard trying to remember what to say uh because he's not really good on his own um cutting a promo um but his his promos to me are boring and the fact that he was cutting a promo on ray mysterio who i have nothing against ray ray's ray's a legend he's been around long enough you know um i i don't want to see it again this isn't you know 2003 or whatever i don't i don't want to see orton and mysterio I, i couldn't give a shit about the two of them together, uh, so I don't, I don't know, I don't know why they don't have something else for them. I don't know why they can't have. I mean, I, I know Ray's a star. I know Ray's a former world champion. But if you put if you put him on two hundred five live, people will watch that freaking show. Right. I yeah, mean, even I if it's for that. even for for a couple months, like they did with Enzo to try to try to elevate people on that show, I think he could have fucking ridiculous matches with the people that are there and, and actually make me want to watch that show. I I really am not interested in seeing anything between Orton and Mysterio. Yeah, and I'm 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 with you, and you know I feel like Mysterio should be in that position where he's a veteran that still puts on good matches. He should be having these dream matches that we've been wanting to see for years now. Right, right. I mean, there's there's people, plenty of people on this roster we want to say see Ray have a match with, and unfortunately, Randy Orton's not one of them. Send him to Raw. I'd love to see him and Seth, or you know, him and, and anybody on Raw, like him and Finn Balor. Oh my God, him and Finn. Oh, yeah. Those guys would tear the house down. So you're yeah. right. He, he could be in that position where he could he could play the veteran. He could have these dream matches, or he can play the veteran and elevate people, kind of like what Jericho has done right. the last five or six years, yep. and put on great matches, but still put people over and try to give them the rub. Uh, so yeah, like I said, as far as Mysterio and Randy, I shit. I hope it's on like the pre-show if they have a match <laughs> at TLC because I, I really I really could care less about that at all. Now, now to be fair, I I they're having a chairs match at TLC. Are they okay? And, All right. Yeah, and I think it'll be a good match because it is Randy Orton, Rey Mysterio, mm-hmm. and so you know I'm not sitting there saying it's going to be a dud, it's going to be a, a boring match because it'll be a good match, but it's one we'll go okay once it's done. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, right. that, that was that was cool. Next match that was cool, and then you know? move on. What what's next? I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, I don't think it'll leave me wanting more. And honestly, at this stage of either of their career, why do you want to put that kind of stipulation on a match with all the injuries that both of them have had? Uh, beating the shit of each other with chairs. I'm gonna. I mean, I don't want to see that. As as an older fan and knowing what that does to actual people, not you know, like the younger fans might not know, 
Yeah. Oh yeah, they know how to hit each other with hairs uh, chairs uh, hurting people. Bullshit. It's still getting hit with a chair. It's still getting hit with a fucking chair, and that shit hurts. And, that, <laughs> and it's not. It might not be in the head, but I mean, it's it's still getting hit with a chair. Getting like, anyway. hit in the back seven or eight or nine or ten times with a steel chair is going to hurt. And I don't think either wrestler should be put in that position. But that's just me. I'm just I'm an old guy. I'm not I don't with know. You. Right. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you agree with me. Yeah. It doesn't always happen, but yeah. Um, <laughs> Jeff Hardy and Rusev against Samoa Joe and Shinsuke Nakamura. Apparently, Nakamura is still the U.S. champion, and he's he's still a heel. Um, so I, I like Shinsuke as a heel, like I said last week. Uh, I don't understand the pairing with him and and Joe. I, um, well, it looks unless... like they're it looks like they're going Joe versus Jeff Hardy. Is that what they're doing? Okay. Yeah, right. and then I think they're going to go Rusev and Nakamura, which Rusev and Nakamura really intrigues me because yes. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of Rusev and have been huge. for a long time. And yes. of course, Nakamura as a heel is good as well. And Rusev's still kind of getting his footing as a babyface, right? And but if like if you watch him on on Up Up Down Down or anything outside, you know, even if you watch, I don't know if you watch Total Divas or not. Oh, I he's do, hilarious. He's so funny. Yeah, he's yeah. hilarious, and he's yes. gonna be a great babyface. Um, but he's another one of those that he has all this potential in the world, and just they they won't pull the trigger on him for some reason. Especially and with so, how over he was with, uh, what's his nuts there, introducing him, uh, the dude from the Valvillians, what, what the fuck was his name? Oh, Aiden English, yeah. That, that was money. Like, was. that was money, money. And they got over despite what Vince wanted them to do, because the fans really, really carried all that with the whole Rusev Day and all that, and I, I thought that was great. I don't think Lana is the right person for that. I, I wish they'd bring English back and put him with him. Lana sucks. <laughs> she sucks <laughs> she's not good in the ring she's not good on the mic despite yeah, I do watch Total Divas and she's torn up Natty for being a shitty promo and putting her down on the show for, for not being able to cut any promos because Lana's you know I've done I've been an actress and I've been a model and blah 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 I know how to carry myself I know how to cut a promo she doesn't her voice sucks it's, she, her voice is annoying she does not cut a good promo I think she's a freaking heat magnet and I think she's honestly would bring Rusev down I don't think I would break them up again, honestly. Well, I think she's a natural heel as well. She is. You know, unlike Rusev, Rusev can be a natural babyface, but she is natural heel written all over. Which doesn't, so, mean, doesn't make sense to pair them two together at this point if they're trying to make Rusev, you know, one of your top faces. Right. Yeah. The best thing they did is when they had him and, like you said, with him and Aiden together, and Lana was kind of off doing her own thing. That's when they got over. And so I really do think I'm with you that Lana, Lana kind of holds him back a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the match itself was pretty good. I mean, it's just your average tag team match. I mean, mm-hmm. nothing bad, nothing outstanding. I mean, it was a, it was an average, you know, C kind of match. Um, I I, I love, like I said, I love Jeff Hardy. I love everything he does. I don't care who he wrestles. I'm I'm gonna watch it. So uh, I, I'm good with that. Um, that leads us to Oscar against Charlotte Flair. By the way, with that last match, if you get a chance, I, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sure you already watched it. But if anybody else hasn't yet, go back and watch the end of this match. Look at this Machka kick that Rusev gives Nakamura. Like, yeah, it that is, was, yeah, it that is was nasty. Pretty, it was so good. Yeah, so <laughs> it was good. Such, such a good kick. You're, you're right. Rusev is really, really good at everything he does. He's a very, very solid worker, and he is very, very underrated uh, on the mic, and he has uh, a dry wit to him that could really, really carry him forward with the fans. So, uh, yeah. He came out in a tank once. I mean, he did. Uh, you can't top. How do you, how do you, how, where do you go from there? 
Right. I mean, like that was, <laughs> nothing, nothing beats that. That's his pinnacle of facing John Cena at WrestleMania in San Francisco, coming out in a fucking tank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, he kind of peaked right there, I guess. Right. <laughs> Let's see if he can get back up to that one day. He used to come out in a tank every week. He'll be the most over guy in the company. If they had that in the rest in WWE 2K19. I yeah, that, I'd do it. I'd be in a tank I'd come every out time. Tank every time. Yeah, my big ass <laughs> gets stuck in it, but you know. <laughs> right. Turtle in a tank. That's good. Tur- I like turtle. that. My head just popping out the top of it. Yeah. That, that needs to be it. We need to make a shirt. Turtle in the tank. I like it. it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, Charlotte Flair against Asuka. Great match. Dude, dude I love everything Asuka. I love everything Charlotte. They yeah. could wrestle every week. I wouldn't even give a shit. I don't, they could, any kind of match, you, you put them in it, and I'm watching because both of them are fantastic in the ring. And I didn't, this think, match... didn't think it was as good as their Mania match, but that, right. but that was that was a four star match. They had a Mania. That was a great yeah. match, but have, for having a a fifteen minute basic SmackDown match, it was great. Great. It was, a, it was the best match the whole night. Oh yeah, by, yeah, by far. Easily. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into what we think about who's going to win with the TLC preview coming up. So we won't get into that right now. But yeah, I thought the match was very very good. Oscar uh, beat Charlotte uh, via disqualification. Uh, I give that match an A. I think uh, Charlotte and Oscar are, are fantastic. Uh, easily main event material, just like Becky. Um, and I, I, you know, I was sour on Becky for so long. I you thought you were. Was, you were the most anti-Becky person I've ever met, dude. Yeah. You have no idea. I, she was good in NXT, but once they brought her up to the main roster, ah, oh God, I got tired of the song. I got tired of the entrance. I got tired of everything. She's a good worker, but to me. They never really put her in a mic, so I couldn't tell what her personality was. I didn't know what her character was supposed to be. And it really wasn't that good till this heel turn. It really was not good. I just thought she... And, and people still loved her back then. They're like, Becky, Becky. And I'm like, fucking... I fast... Ask my wife. I would literally fast forward every single Becky Lynch match that came on Raw or SmackDown, whatever show she was on, because you know it was a media bathroom break to me because she's just plain. She's vanilla. She's a great wrestler. Mm-hmm. But there was no character development with her. Since she's become a heel, I am actually a huge fan because she is very, very good on the mic, and she's very, very good as that asshole heel. She's and so believable. She is. That's what makes her so good. Is that you know she she, she says she's going to beat your ass and she'll do it. And even and though she's supposed to be twice about it, even though she's supposed to be a heel, the fans still love her, which is great. And I'm I'm sure that pisses Vince off to no end. Like they're trying to get her you know over as a heel and get as much as much heat on her as they can. Uh, but it's just not working. The fans are, are loving it even more and more, making her even more popular and chanting her name and all that. And I'm, I'm sure being old school like Vince, he doesn't appreciate that. But she, she really is like you know, with Alexa, uh, she is the top heel in that company right now. Yep, I agree. And uh, she's and, had uh, very, very good matches lately too. Yep, I agree. And the uh, the beatdown after the match was really good. And when I saw when I saw Charlotte bring the kendo stick out, I was like, here we go. You know. Right. It's going to be the same yep. thing the Ronda. I'm like, are they going to beat the hell out of Asuka and then make it a one-on-one match or something like that? And then, you know, it was good to see Becky get involved and take bumps because we haven't yeah. seen Becky take bumps since her concussion. Right. So seeing well, her she, she's good get to involved go was, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was a great sign that she's ready. She's ready for this weekend. Um, but seeing Asuka stand tall at the end, that that was great. I did not see that coming. I thought maybe Charlotte would stand tall because Charlotte is kind of playing the tweener in this right. in a little bit. Right, uh, because you know she attacked Becky from behind. You know she did all this stuff, but I, I don't think they want her to be the heel though. And obviously, Oscar's the the baby face in, in the whole thing. But to see Oscar stand tall, that it showed. Okay, they, they're starting to get confidence in her again, and I like that because Oscar's got 
everything that you need to be a champion. Oh God, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. She her English isn't great, but right. you know, right. it's World Wrestling Entertainment for a reason, not United States Entertainment. Right. Exactly. So, um, yeah, which we'll talk about that more too when we come when we come to the predictions. But you know, seeing Oscar stand tall really showed me. Okay, they have some confidence in her. I agree. Um, I know you had mentioned something right before we started. You want to throw in here uh, about a tweet you saw. Um, regarding the zombie princess and Brian Alvarez and Seth Rollins. Um, so let, I'll, I'll let you handle that right now and, and, and uh, give me your thoughts on uh, why that uh, drew your attention. Okay, so right before we came on, I saw, I saw a tweet that was posted. Uh, the original tweet was by Brian Alvarez from uh, F4W and uh, Wrestling Observer. And I guess it was from Raw on Monday, either this past Raw or the Raw before. And all he said was, this is embarrassing. I don't know what he was talking about, but obviously it had to be something about Raw. Well, uh, Jimmy Jacobs, who's a big-time indie wrestler in the States and also a former writer for for the WWE, uh, came out and he said, quote, writing a three-hour wrestling TV show every single week is fucking hard. And (laughs) so he's been been in the bunker before. Like, he he knows. He knows how tough it is. Well, then Seth Rollins replied, and this is where it gets interesting. Seth said, quote, that's the one thing I don't think people understand. Five hours of live TV every week, every week. Add in all the extraneous variables that affect the final outcome, and it's a modern miracle that the shows come together as well as they do. He makes a good point. I mean, it'll, you yeah. know, a lot of us, um, you know, us more the quote unquote hardcore fans, you know, right. we get it, but right. most, a lot of people don't, especially these these keyboard warriors that Baron Corbin was talking about. That <laughs> was like, you know, all oh, the show sucks, the show sucks, you know, which, I mean, yeah, so there's a lot of it that does, but. Most people don't realize that you have to write five hours of TV and then, you know, throw in an hour of NXT, which, you know, is different, but the same, I guess. Right. And then, like, this week you have a three- to four-hour pay-per-view of TLC. That's a lot of TV. That's a lot of stuff to write every single week. And then, plus, you have – plus, you know, it has to be within Vince McMahon's standards, which makes it even more difficult. Right. And it just – you, it's it's impossible. It's impossible to have something – great every single week and you know you could go back and say oh yeah but you know you know casual um attitude era fans well everything was great back then it wasn't if you go back no, and watch right. if you go back and watch yes you had the rock you had stone cold you had triple h undertaker it was great yeah. but the other hour and a half of that show was crap yeah you had los prequels against freaking you know uh, the, the freaking, doa the doa yeah like yeah. Stupid, stupid shit like that you're right and and we did touch on that last week too that uh, a lot of the attitude stuff was hot shot. Uh, that's a term they use to where you know if they want to heat up a territory, they're going to put on the, you know the hot angle you know right away instead of building up to it and just giving you like that main event match every single week. And that's kind of what we had during the attitude era between NWO and or WCW with the NWO and and Stone Cold with the WWE and and, um, and DX and all that. I mean, you got pay per view matches every single week. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you can't you you can't. You can't do that now. Um, it's a different time. I understand there are there is a lot that goes into putting shows together, and you've been privy to that. So you you know a little bit about that being uh, in the industry, uh, how hard it is to book a show. Um, it, is. it is. It is a lot of writing to do, but if you're going to be writing five hours of TV, try to make it at least compelling. Yeah. There's no reason why you can't have a compelling angle, and that all starts with Vince. Vince is rewriting the shows right before they start, almost like they did back in WCW. We gave WCW shit for changing the shows at the last minute all the time back in the day. That's what Vince is doing right now. 
Yep, you're right. And it's, you know, and it's, it's one of those things where, I mean, yeah, it's hard to write, but you don't have to give us Baron Corbin and Seth Rollins every week. You don't have to give us Baron Corbin and Finn Balor, Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler right. every single week. I mean, right. there's at least 70 people on Raw, 50 people on SmackDown. Throw some matches together. Yeah. You know, do something like Daniel Bryan, Mustafa Ali. Hey, that was new. That was fresh. That was something right. out of the blue that we cared about. Right. You know, there's so many people, so, you know, so many different competitors on Raw and SmackDown that you don't, you probably don't have to do the same match twice. You really don't. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I see where Seth's coming from, but I also see the other side of it too, where it is like, it is tough to write, but you could make compelling matchups to keep things fresh and do things to keep things fresh. It's it's definitely possible. Well, let, let's go back to what we mentioned at the start of the show with Baron Cor- Corbin tearing apart the, the internet war, you know, the keyboard warriors and all that. Uh, and we didn't really say much about that, but does Baron have a point? Like if, if these guys, if these kids or whoever these fans are, were there live and saw everything that they, that they had to go through, or even like, you know, stood face to face with him, they probably wouldn't say what they were saying on the internet that, you know, they, they don't have repercussions for what they're typing and, and what they're typing does hurt people's feelings. It hurts the superstars feelings. It hurts the writer's feelings. Uh, it gets a negative connotation to the company. You know, people lead like sheep. Once one person does it, the rest of them are going to follow. It's when they're doing the whole like boycott raw, like when it was coming to Chicago because CM Punk wasn't coming back and, uh, or hijack raw, where the fuck they used to do it. You know, they want to take over the show because they weren't happy and they wanted to be heard. Um, if they were actually there and saw what was put into the show, they probably would have a different feeling about what goes into putting a show together uh, and two or three or four shows every week. They they might have a a different opinion on that and maybe be less likely to just spout out without knowing what goes on. Right. I mean, and and look at me and you, let's use us for an example. Mm -hmm. You and I are content creators on Twitch, right? You know, we put ourselves out there to do something we enjoy, but to do something to entertain people as well. Yep. And we get people that come in and are supportive of us and, and love what we do. But every once in a while, we get that asshole that comes in and says, <laughs> well, you suck. You're you're a fat ass. You, you know, you're a piece of shit, you know, whatever. Yeah. And that one person is the one that sits with you. And that's yes. the one thing that bothers you. But we also know if that person came to me and said that to my face, I'd probably knock them out. <laughs> exactly, or, 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 they, right. or they wouldn't say that to me at all. Right. And, you know, it's you do got to be thick skinned to do something in the public eye like that. And I know, you know. Most most of the the wrestlers get that as well, right? But these these online fans, and I'll tell you, I didn't I didn't mention this as soon as we talked about the Baron Corbin article, but I agree I agree with Corbin one hundred percent on everything he said. Yeah, that you know these people, you know these people that type and talk about how bad it is, and you know yeah, you and I can sit here and we can critique, you know, but we're not going to sit here and say, oh, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. This is you know. I'm never going to watch again. I could do better because I probably couldn't right. with, with, with the, <laughs> the situation that they're in. I can sit yeah. here as a fan and talk about it and, right. you know, critique and say what I would do. But when it came to me actually being in there, I probably couldn't do that. I'd probably do a worse job than they already do. Right. And it's, it's, there's not many people that can actually say that. So, you know, it, it it's really, it's really interesting. And for, for Seth Rollins to come out and defend this in a public manner, it, it kind of continues to what Seth was saying on Raw, which, you know, obviously it was a, a worked shoot, I guess you can say, of what right, Seth was right, saying. Right. But it's a continuation of that. And it really, it probably is really how Seth feels. 
Which I was going to ask you that, and um, it, we're on the same mind, mind or brainwave when it comes to that. Uh, my question to you was going to be, do you think Seth was told to say that? Do you think he was, he felt he needed to address that in character, or do you really think that's actually how he feels? But I agree with you. I think that is actually how he feels. I don't think he was trying to defend it, you know, as quote-unquote Seth Rollins, but um, as a human being and someone that is involved in the show every week, knowing what everybody puts into that show, um, he is defending his coworkers. I I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I think it is a lot about how Seth feels, but I think Seth also realized he knows where his bread is buttered. And so if somebody, (laughs) like like a Jimmy Jacobs, who got fired from the company – yeah, he's got nothing to lose. I mean, he's I don't got think he, to lose. No, I don't know if he wants out. to come back or not. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, he can. For him to come out and say that, uh, having having been there, and probably have nothing to lose or gain for saying it, um, I think it it was good of him to defend it. Um, you know that, that one thing that pissed me off about dirt sheet writers like Brian Alvarez, uh, you know, and him and uh, Wade Keller, and uh, uh, God, who who's the fucking who who's the oldest guy there that does I, it? Are we, are we about to get into a Dave Meltzer conversation? Oh, fuck Dave Meltzer. Hashtag <laughs> fuck Dave Meltzer. Uh, I couldn't remember his name because I've tried to erase it from my memory. Um, yeah, I, this really wasn't planned. <laughs> so this is kind of... This wasn't. No, this wasn't, this, this wasn't in this our, wasn't uh, in the our notes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, for Brian Alvarez to say this is embarrassing, and he's he's just a fan. He's never wrestled, to my knowledge. He's he never has, worked. He, has he wrestled? Any, He's been an indie wrestler, yeah. Uh, no, no, nothing, nothing big stage, but he's he's been a wrestler for a long time, yeah. It, does that really give him enough, you know, credibility to say, you know, as as much guy. as much as me, I guess. <laughs> all right, all right, never mind. Let's not use this <laughs> as an example. All right, say Wade Keller, skinny ass okay. Wade Keller, who's who's never put lace the boots up and never gotten in the ring, uh, comes out and says, "This is embarrassing." Um, I don't care for how however long he's watched the sport. You don't say things like that, especially being held in such a high regard as like the expert on pro wrestling, even though he's never worked for WWE, he's never worked for WCW, he never laced up his boots. I take great exception when guys like that, who have the public eye, who are known by more, you know, more than you and I, I get maybe we'll be that level one day. But I mean, like we can kind of say what we want because, you know, we're just two average Joes. But for someone who's supposed to be like an expert in pro, in pro wrestling for the last 20, 30 years, like him. Or fucking Dave Meltzer, I I don't like it when they tear up the product. Um, so I can see why Jimmy Jacobs would take exception with that and say, "Dude, you know, putting together a fucking three-hour wrestling show is hard. You have no, you've never done it, right? And, and until you do it, shut the fuck up. Like, right. <laughs> you could say you're not happy with the product. You could say like, you know, you you can give your opinion on it, but just to flat out say this is embarrassing. That's that's a slap in the face to every man, every woman." that works in the ring, out of the ring, backstage, in that company, marketing, I don't fucking care what you do for WWE or anything in wrestling, that's a slap in the face of everything that, that try to entertain you, the fan, every single week, uh, for free, pretty much. Yeah, right. unless, you're, unless you're by the network, but, right. you know. Um, $9.99 I, a month, you get a free month, by the way. Yeah, right, $9.99. I hope my check, better, my check better be in the mail. Right. Um, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that tweet up, because uh, we'll just add... Brian Alvarez to the, the fuck you hashtag. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he has any right to be that that critical of the product. Honestly, we both said it. We both said that the, the, the business is down. Well, maybe not the business. WWE is down right now. The indie scene is blowing up. WWE business is down. 
Uh, the shows are not fun to watch. We can give our opinions of why we don't think it's, and maybe what we would do to improve that. But I won't come out and just say, I mean, maybe I did last week, and I'm probably uh, <laughs> probably going to get a lot of hate <laughs> mail because it's, I don't remember exactly what I said last week when I was talking about the state of the WWE. Um, I don't think I flat out came out and said Raw sucked. Maybe I did. Um, but you but... know, to be, but I mean, it's they they had Seth Rollins come out and say Raw sucked. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I mean, it, we're, we're not saying anything that hasn't been said on national TV already. Maybe I'm just beating a dead horse. Maybe I'm just making too much of 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 it, you know, for people that haven't actually done it. Maybe I'm a little too bit hard on Brian Alvarez, but um, yeah, I, I said what I said. That that's where I stand. We can move on. I just I just want to kind of get that off my chest and and rant a little bit about that. Um, well, well I, I have a little something, a little tangent okay. to go on. Yeah, go ahead. I, I mentioned this to you earlier, and I tried to find the best time to to mention this. I think this is probably the better time than any. Um, you see, you see a lot of a lot of other podcasts, and you see, especially ones that have former former superstars, current superstars, people that have been in the business for a long time. And one thing that they say that really bothers me, that really is under my skin, is that you've never been in the ring, you don't have a say on what goes on. And I think that is the biggest load of bullshit ever heard in my life. You know, I okay. yes, I, I have, I, I did train as an indie wrestler for a little less than a year. And, but I, I don't, I consider myself a fan. I don't consider myself a former wrestler. Right. You know, I am a fan first. And I feel like that as a consumer of a product, I have a right to voice my opinion on anything that goes on for anything that's in, a, in the public eye. And I mean, yeah, Brian Alvarez has the same right, I guess, but for him to come out and say this is embarrassing, I think that's bullshit too. Because, you know, I'm not going to sit here. And say that something is embarrassing about something that I love. And right. pro wrestling is something that I've loved my entire life. Right. But with that said, you and I have created this platform for ourselves to come on here, talk wrestling as two buddies, as two fans, to give our perspective on, on everything that's going on. And when I hear somebody that's been in the company say, oh, you know, if you haven't been in the ring, you don't have the right to say what's going on. I, I hate that. I hate that because, you know, even though we haven't, we have just as much right of any, as anybody else to say how we see things from our perspective. Right. So, so, you know, eventually if we get to, you know, if we do get to a state where we're bigger and we have certain people listening to our podcast, which would be great. And they want to come to us and say, you know, we, we don't agree with what you say because you've never been in the ring. You know, I'm going to tell them that's, that's bullshit. Because, <laughs> right. because I have because I had just as much right as anybody else as do you to give my opinion on anything that's going on in the public eye. Okay, that's fair enough. That's fair enough, and you're right. Um, I, I was probably rambling on a little bit when I was trying to get my point out. Um, and I did mention uh, the fact that Brian hasn't been in the ring. You know, he doesn't know what it takes to put in a show that maybe he needs to shut the fuck up. I mean, you're right. He is entitled to his opinion. I think what hurt me the most was the fact that he said it was embarrassing. He can say, like, I didn't like this about the show, or I didn't like this segment, but to generalize the show as a whole and say that it was embarrassing, I really, really take exception to that, because not you're not going to make something that everyone's going to like. Everyone has their own... It's subjective. Everyone has their own likes and dislikes. Just because mm -hmm. you liked one, you know, you liked the Seth Rollins segment, or maybe, maybe some other guy didn't. You know, just because somebody liked Elias out there. Well, maybe there's people that don't like Elias. So, I mean, you can pick apart what you don't like about the show, but to say that the entire show as a whole is embarrassing, 
Uh, it, like I said, it's really a slap in the face to everybody that, that puts that together. Right. And, you know, I we came out and said, talking about Nia Jax saying, you know, <clears throat> we don't like Nia's character. We don't like when she's cutting promos, you know. Right. That, ha- that has nothing to do with Nia personally. Right. Whatsoever. You know, we, we know how to differentiate something that's on TV compared to something personal. Right. And, you know, if I saw Nia in person, I'd probably walk up to her, shake her hand, tell her <laughs> I appreciate what she does, and get autograph from her. Yeah. I, I would. Right. You know, yeah, I would too. Um, but, but you're not, you're not going to blow up the whole show because she sucked. Exactly. You're not exactly. going to say so that's the, that's what I'm the getting. Entire at. product is embarrassing because of one segment that you just happened to not like. Yep. Okay. All right. So I think we we pretty much beat that horse to a fucking pulp. Yeah. Uh, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let, let's move on to some current news of this week. Um, I read this week that uh, just incredible, uh, real name PJ Polacco. Uh, got arrested this week. Uh, he's had a history of drug and alcohol problems. Uh, I, I really hate to see that for him because he really, really is a good dude. Um, he was arrested for uh, assault and breach of peace. Uh, he still lives in Connecticut, which is where I'm from originally. Um, uh, it looks like he was arrested uh, Tuesday of last week. Uh, there were multiple charges listed, including criminal mischief, three instances of violating a protection order. Uh, I guess for whatever reason, um, he lives with his parents, uh, and he's 45 years old. Not that there's anything wrong with that, uh, but for whatever reason, I guess they all have protection orders against him, mm. which doesn't make sense. I don't know how you'd be allowed to live with somebody and have a, a protection order against somebody. <laughs> right. Uh, but it looks like for how they didn't really go into detail, uh, but uh, he, he violated his protection order uh, and got got uh, arrested and put in jail. Uh, I believe he got bailed out. I don't have all the details on it, but uh, PJ is a really, really good dude. Uh, I met him back in Connecticut in 2009. He ran a uh, convention called Pro Wrestling Icons. Uh, and there was a lot of people there. Uh, Scott I didn't Hall- hear about that. Yeah. yeah. Scott Hall was there. Harley Race was there. Terry Funk. Uh, Marty Jannetty. Uh, Stevie Richards, uh, Bob Backlund was there. I mean, there's a lot of people there. It was really, really cool. That's where I got to meet Terry Funk and, uh, and Harley Race for the first time. And tell you, that's, that's like a dream come true, man. You want to talk about two legends in the business. Uh, you don't get any tougher than those two bastards. Right. Uh, the, the, we, my wife and I went to it. We, we walked up uh, to the front door. Is that like a hotel convention center in Connecticut? And uh, <laughs> Terry Funk was outside. And all of a sudden, I hear Harley, Harley. He's yelling for Harley because somehow I guess Harley had walked off somewhere. And you can and, hear it. You can hear it in the, in the Terry Funk voice too. Yeah, Harley. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he was looking for Harley and for whatever reason he couldn't find him. And uh, he he's like, "Have you guys seen Harley?" And he's like, "No, we we haven't seen him." Well, did did you buy your tickets to the show? Are you guys coming in? Yeah, we're coming in. Okay, all right, we'll see you inside. So I'm like, it was just like. My first interaction with Terry Funk was like fucking totally weird, but I mean, he was such a nice guy. Um, <laughs> always the businessman. Always the businessman. I bought your ticket, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he was a really cool dude. It's probably like one of the best pictures I have with any wrestler I've met. But uh, Pete, uh, Justin Incredible ran that show. He put it all together. He got all the guys in there. He uh, <laughs> he he kind of had a legends photo with Harley and Terry, and they all had their belts up together. And I'm like. Eh, something looks a little off with this picture. I something mean, doesn't you know, belong here. Terry, you know, Harley Race, you know, seven-time NWA champion, and Terry Funk, you know, former NWA champion, and 
just incredible <laughs> former, former ECW, ECW champion. I'm like, yeah, one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he, he was a really cool dude. I actually got to talk to him for a little while. Um, I had no idea that he, you know, had issues with substance abuse back then because he, you know, he was on point that day. Um, but I mean, he, he had gotten clean. He had gotten sober. Uh, he, he slimmed down. He lost some weight, but it looks like, I guess he's kind of back on the wagon and, uh, they showed his, uh, his mugshot photo. And I mean, you wouldn't even recognize him if he walked down the street, looked like he put on about 50 pounds and he has a full beard and, and, you know, he's, he's mostly bald. Uh, he had his hair growing out, but he's got a huge bald spot in the top, kind of like I do. Uh, so, you know, he looks, looks just like a regular dude. And, uh, it's just unfortunate. He's only 45 years old, and that's I really don't want to see him happen. Or see what happened to him happen to like you know uh, Kurt Hennig and Brian Pillman and all these guys that came up in the business that like the you know like the drugs and like the party. I, I don't want to see anything bad happen to him. I hope he can he can get back on the wagon. So when that popped up this week, it was really really sad to hear that, especially since I uh, you know I had nothing but good interactions with him. Uh, I hope he can get himself uh, back on track. I don't. Uh, I don't know how you feel about him or how much you you've followed his career at all. But uh, on a personal level, I really hope that he just he gets back on track. Yeah, I, I hate to hear about Justin Credible because you know I, I don't know him personally. You know, I've never met him, nothing like mm-hmm. that. But you know, just from a, from a fan's perspective, I always liked Justin. I was always a big fan of his work. Um, you know, him and Lance together were were so mm-hmm. good at ECW. Yes. Yes, they were. Um, the Natural Born Thrillers, Natural. Well, well, no, that's not right. What was, what was there? Uh, Natural Born Thrillers was in WCW. Um, yes. Okay. Anyway, yeah. anyways, um, yeah, there. <laughs> I should know that, but I don't. Uh, but their team together was great. Um, his 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 solo stuff, you know, as as ECW champion. It was at a time that ECW was kind of kind of falling down, but you know, right. I, yeah. I I feel like in a way he single handedly helped keep that place afloat because he was so good and had these great matches and you know i've i've, I've to my knowledge i've never seen a just incredible match i didn't like right and you know it wasn't until he joined wwe during the invasion angle that i really got to know him like yep. as as a as an on-screen character and you know a lot of people hate on his stuff with x-pac when they were in x-factor together but i thought that was some great stuff that he did and he just you know from from like I said, from a perspective of a fan watching watching somebody on TV, I thought he was great. I've always been a big fan of his. Um, I did. He was to... he was really good with Xbox too, with Xbox. Jesus Christ, <laughs> <laughs> he was good with X Pac. I thought they made a really good tag team as well. Yeah, and I I did listen. I listened to an an interview he did with Chris Jericho on Jericho's podcast, and it was like two and a half hours long. Uh, he, I forgot how long he had been sober at the time. It was like around six months, something like that. Yep. But, but, you know, to hear him, he was, he was so happy. He was talking about how his life, he was getting his life back together. He and his wife were, were reconciling and everything. Yep. He was able to spend time with his kids and, you know, just all this positive stuff. And so when you sent me the article that he got arrested again, it just, man, it, it, it killed me because, you know, even though I don't know him personally, I did hear from his voice how much he he was proud of himself and how hard he had worked to get back to the, a positive light, and for it to all you know fall apart again. Just I, I hate it. I hate to hear that for him. And they're actually doing a, a he's doing a documentary on uh, his struggle with substance abuse. So I'm sure this will probably get worked into there uh, mm-hmm. at at some point. But uh, you know, 
Scott Hall was able to turn his life around. Uh, Jake the Snake was able to turn his life around. Maybe DDP can reach out to to PJ and and maybe get him on the right track as well. I mean, uh, yeah, I was about to say the same thing. I'm like, you know, DDP's a phone call away, you know, right? And I'm sure he'd be more than happy to help Justin if 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 he needed it, and he does yeah. need it. You know, he needs all the help he can get right yeah, now, for sure. Uh, we're also sad to hear about the passing of uh, wrestling legend Larry the Axe Hennig, uh, father of the late Kurt Hennig. And grandfather to Curtis Axel, Joe Hennig. Uh, he died this uh, past week at the age of 82. Um, it, it's never good to ever have to outlive your son. Uh, when Kurt died, I really, really took that hard because Kurt was absolutely one of my most favorite wrestlers and, and quite possibly next to you know Shawn Michaels, the greatest in-ring performer. Uh, he was perfect. He was. He really was. He was such a good wrestler. Um Dolph Ziggler reminds me a lot of him, the way he sells. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, I was really uh, sad to hear that that Larry passed away. Uh, I, I don't have the cause of death at this time, uh, but Curtis Axel actually did confirm on Twitter uh, that he died at 82, left behind five kids and 28 grandkids. Wow. Um, Big family. He wasn't really a legend in the ring. Um, I think Kurt was definitely a lot better than him. Uh, but anytime anybody passes away in, in our wrestling family, like I said last week, uh, it, it's pretty sad. So uh, he lived a good life. Uh, I mean, 82 is a good age, but, uh, it, it, you know, nobody wants to die, obviously. Um, right. I'm right. sure he felt like he wanted more time or he probably maybe there's things that he didn't want to do or that he didn't get a chance to do. Um, but, yeah, uh, RIP to Larry Hennig. Um you know, and, uh, I, and I, I didn't know until after I read the article that uh, that Curtis posted that he was on WWE TV. Um, was it 2011-ish, somewhere around there? It was it was not long after um, after Curtis Axel went from uh, Michael yes. McGillicuddy to Curtis Axel. Right. And yep. he actually and uh, Larry the Axe was actually on TV with him for a couple yes. weeks. Yeah, he was. And I, I completely forgot about that. I so, did too. Yeah. So if you guys want to, you know, go to WWE Network and and try to find. Um, Back around, I think it was like 2011, 2012, when he became Curtis Axel, that uh, Larry the Act actually did some stuff with him, and it was really good to to see him again. And you know, like you said, any any time seeing somebody from the wrestling family go, it it sucks, and especially somebody with you know a family legacy like like the Hennigs. And yep. uh, I know this has got to be really tough for for Curtis. Yeah, for for sure. And that, that's you know he took his name from his dad and from his grandfather. Uh, yep. You know, Curtis for his dad and uh, Larry the Axe. Uh, that's where he got. Uh, Axel from so um, I always wish they would have called him Joe Hennig you know just because we know who he is and right you know, but the wrestles um, like his dad yeah God, their, 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 their in-ring style is, is crazy how close it is whether it was his idea to try to do something on his own or Vince's idea for that character or to try to break him off you know I didn't Michael, get the Michael McGillicuddy has yeah to be I didn't Vince. it has to be a Vinceism that's definitely Vince but uh, I'm hoping the Curtis Axel uh, Joe had some some input in that. Um, the uh, the main topic of this, we've kind of gone long so far. We're probably going to go a lot longer. Um, but the main topic of this podcast uh, is the legacy of John Cena. Um, yeah, this kind of this this kind of threw me for a loop because I'm wondering where you're going with this well, because we haven't he, seen John in a while. And then you're like, "Hey, I want to talk about John Cena." Like, okay, all right, I'm down. John has been in the news recently. Uh, he's doing promo packages for his movie Bumblebee that's coming out here shortly. 
uh, a spinoff of the Transformers. And um, he's been doing the whole uh, promo tour, and he's had some interesting things to say about where he sees his character going forward uh, and where he would wants his character to go. Uh, he has a strong desire to turn heel. Uh, we know that would not be good for merchandise, obviously, at least for the kids. He's such a draw. Uh, you know, he's he's very, very kid-friendly and has been for most of his career. Um, I, I'll tell you this. When he first came out as the Dr. Thugonomics, I thought he was cool. I thought yep. he was I thought he was pretty badass. He was a really, really good heel back then. Uh, he had a really, really good program with The Undertaker, uh, which led up to a match at uh, Backlash, and I believe it was 2003. I, I went to that event. It was at the Worcester Centrum in Worcester, Mass. And um, him and Taker, for, for John being that young and being that green to the business, they put on a really, really good match. So I, I enjoyed his battle raps. I enjoyed him just cutting rap promos on everybody and, and just being his, his thug. I mean, I thought it was a cool character for him. It was believable. It was, uh, yeah. It was new and it was fresh. It was hip, I guess you could say. Right. Yeah. So when he when he first turned face, I was kind of down. You know, I kind of dug it. I mean, I I was in you know for the, maybe the first year or so, I was on I was on board with the John Cena train. But then, holy Jesus, it just dragged on and dragged on and dragged on, <laughs> and he just got uh, it got to the point where he was unbearable, kind of like Roman Reigns. I mean, the fans just turned on him because. It's just—it's like Hulk Hogan. I mean, how much Hulkamania do we really want for five, six years, seven years? How much of say your prayers, eat your vitamins do you want to hear? How much freaking hustle, loyal, loyalty, and respect are we going to put up with? I mean, it's just the same shtick over and over and over again. Yay, he releases new fucking shirts and hats every six months. Who gives a fuck? It's still the same message. Like, his character never grew. It's just the same old white meat baby face. I'm just, you know, I'm going to up against all odds and I'm going to, I'm going to overcome and I never give up and all that shit. It got old to me and it got old to a lot of people. And I was tired. I would shit. I used to go to Hooters and watch when they showed pay-per-views and, you know, Cena would freaking win every single time and everybody would go home pissed because we're so tired of seeing John Cena. Um, so the fact that he wants to be healed now, eh, I mean, obviously it would work. He'd probably get more cheers from people our age. You know, the kids wouldn't like it, but he would have the quote-unquote, you know, marks, or smart marks. Um, Vince will never do it. There's there's no way at this point in his career, I don't think Vince would ever do that unless there was somebody suitable like a Roman Reigns or maybe Seth Rollins. If they can get him up to that God tier that le- that Cena was on in, in Vince's eyes of being the man. Um, why even bring it up now? He's been away from the product. Why all of a sudden are you going to just talk about wrestling and say, yeah, you know what? I really want to be a heel. What What is the point? Especially if he knows it's not going to happen. Vince has pretty much told him it's not going to happen. Why bring that up now? I think I think some of it has to do with he doesn't need the money for the merchandise anymore because he has the money making <laughs> movies and he has the money from doing all the other things that he does. He's like, I don't need merchandise money. You know, I, I want to be a heel, which I know he's he's wanted to be a heel for a while. And they were going to have him turn heel against The Rock when they had their first match. Their, you know, the first once in a lifetime. You know, not the yep. second in a lifetime. Um, but I, I, I kind of agree with Vince. I, I don't. If Vince decides not to not to turn him, because if John Cena did come back and and uh, you know he'll never be back in a full time capacity again, but he could come back to do like a six month run. You know, something right. like that. 
Right. There's not another baby face that's at the John Cena level. Even when Roman Reigns was there, they tried to put him to there, but even he was not at the John Cena level. You know, John Cena arguably, I mean, is up there with the Hulk Hogan's, with the 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 um the Steve Austins and stuff like that. Like that's Oh, Jesus. That's, you're go- you're going there? Yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> and it, he's he's shown it by being a top guy for for 12 years. Uh, 15 years, whatever, you know, as long as he was there full time. He's a top guy only because Vince made him a top guy. Stone Cold got himself over by being Stone Cold. And, you know, if if he didn't get hurt, he would have had a, a, a much longer run, uh, you know, as, as a top guy. And the fans still loved him no matter what he did. Even when he turned heel, they loved him. You know, Hulk Hogan had a really, really good run because the fans loved him. Not because he's, you know, he, and he was being force fed to everybody by Vince. But he had enough charisma and enough personality to where he could carry himself. You you really want to put John Cena up there with Hulk Hogan and Steve Austin? I mean, he's proved it. He's proved it by by keeping the company afloat. Because because if you think about after the Attitude Era, let's say from two thousand, we'll start, we'll go from two thousand four to two thousand ten. Okay, give or take. I, I would compare those years to the ninety to ninety. Six Aaron, 1995, where it was a real downtime, especially right. coming after a time period that was so big. Well, what made the time period so big in the 80s? It was Hulk Hogan. Right. You know, and okay. then, you know, yes, I mean, you can blame it on Brett, you can blame it on whoever, but that, that period from 90 to 96 was nothing. And it wasn't until Stone Cold came and then Shawn Michaels came and all those to make everything relevant again. Well, then they left. John Cena came, John Cena took over, and it was in a down period, but he was the top guy. And there was nobody else that was even close to him. And really, if you think about it, there is a lot of talent on the roster now, but again, there's really nobody at that level. So if John Cena did come back, and I mean, he would have to be a face, and he would probably be thrown right into that top tier again, that, you know, really there's nobody on the roster that deserves to be in that spot. And I take exception to that. And I take exception with that because the very thing, the, the very point of contention in his program with The Rock, uh, when The Rock came back for those two WrestleManias, was the fact that Rock is part-time. Rock's out here. He left us. He went out and made movies. He went out and did TV shows. He became a big star. And he forgot about us. He forgot about the wrestling fans. Now he's doing the same thing himself. How the hell are you going to blast The Rock on one hand for doing that and then you're going to go and do the very thing the same thing yourself and everyone's supposed to be okay with that well I mean, i'm not i'm not blasting the rock i mean you know the rock coming back I, it was a big deal when the rock came back no no and, but and, you and, said but you said he cena's going to come back and be put in the main event for why he didn't deserve it just because he he's john but because he's john cena who else doesn't deserve it is brock lesnar he doesn't deserve it either but that's where he's at because there's nobody that gets that that draw and gets that reaction like he does Another person like that right now is the Undertaker. The Undertaker, when he comes back in that part-time role, gets that big that big pop. Shawn Michaels got that at um, at Crown Jewel as well. You know, so many so many fans now. We talk about how bad the you know, and we're kind of moving over a little bit, but how how bad the part-time thing is. But when these part-timers show up, it's a big deal. And see, so, and so you bring back John Cena. Look at Batista on SmackDown 1000 when he came back. He was. He got the biggest reaction, was the most over of anybody on that show because he was that part-timer that came back and made an appearance. So you take somebody like John Cena, who's been on top for so long, even though he probably will get booed out of the building by by most fans, 
you know, he's he's Vince McMahon's security blanket, and he's right. also earned that spot. And coming off a movie as big as as Bumblebee's going to be, yeah. they're going to want to put him in that top position because there's going to be more eyes on him. I, I get that, and and that's that's a very good point. That's a very good argument. I guess I take exception with the fact that he's a hypocrite. Mm. You, you you can't you can't blast the rock for doing something that you're going and doing yourself. You're going to China to learn freaking Mandarin Chinese. You've you know you're making all these movies. You're doing these TV shows. Why am I as a fan? Why am I okay with that? Why am I okay with the fact that you're doing that? And on the uh, on the flip side, you want us to love you because you've been here doing it day in day out. Never give up. I'm here doing all the personal appearances. I'm doing all the charity work. I'm here doing the house shows and wrestling all the time. You get somebody like The Rock with the big star who left us to go do that and come back and you know expect to be you know king shit. You're gonna give Rock crap for doing that, and then you're gonna go do the same thing right now. I think that's very hypocritical. I mean, yeah, with that, I, I agree with you with that. Is that, but also, I I don't think he knew. I think he spoke before he knew the details, which which is which is an, a a knock on John Cena because he shouldn't have came out and said those things not knowing exactly how Hollywood works. Right. And and actually, I, I wish I'd have got the article because I read it not long or I saw the article not long before we we jumped on here. Yeah. That he actually did an interview and said that he didn't realize how hard it is to make time to come to WWE while he's doing a full feature film. Okay. And he talked a uh, little bit of the article that I saw. He talked about how, you know, there's 300 people on that set that relies on him. And mm-hmm. so if he shows up and says, oh, I can't do this appearance, I have to go do something for the WWE. Well, then they don't shoot and the people working don't get paid. And then so everybody else is getting affected. And, you know, The Rock has seen that since he was in the Scorpion King, you know, right. 16 years ago. Right. And that's something Cena is just now learning now, being more full-time in Hollywood than he is in WWE. So with that, yeah, I definitely see what you're saying. And he is hypocritical for that. But talking, you know, but talking about him coming back as either, you know, full-time, part-time, whatever, you know, he is John Cena. You know, he is John Cena. He's still, as of right now, John Cena, the superstar, right. before he's John Cena, the Hollywood actor. And right sure. now, the, the Rock is more Dwayne Johnson, the right. actor, not The Rock, the wrestler. So okay. if you were to bring back John Cena, like he's still fresh in everybody's mind enough that he would be put in that top position. Do you think, would you say he should be on the same level as Ric Flair? They're both 16-time world champions. I have a huge, huge problem with that. That's tough. That's tough. I think... I mean, I know it's a work. It, it is. I mean, I know, you know Vince and whoever else dictates... Whoever books the matches, who's going to be put over, and whoever gets the title. I know he didn't earn it. He didn't win it 16 times. It was given to him 16 times. But just the fact to put him up on a level with Ric Flair, who, I mean, granted, it was a different era, but, and, and John Cena does travel the world, but, I mean, Ric Flair would travel the world with that title belt, putting the local stars over in every single territory to where, like I said before, he was that good that he can make you think that your local guy is going to beat him and then pulls a rug out from under him. Ric Flair, um, to me, there's there's none better. I'd say Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels, just for in-ring work, are some of the best to ever live. But the fact that Ric Flair went around the world and defended that title 
uh, as a real actual world champion, to put John Cena on that level is a slap in the face to Ric Flair. I think I think it depends on what you consider the criteria. Because if you talk about the significance that that the the superstar had in their era just as a whole, then yeah, I think it, I think they're similar. Because like like I, like I said earlier, John Cena carried the WWE by himself for so long as Ric Flair did in the territory days and I would say you know in the NWA in in parts of WCW before Hogan came over. Right. But if you're if you're talking about in-ring work um, stuff like that, it's no contest that it's Ric Flair, obviously. Right. But you also have to consider something too that you they're they're both they're both looked in different lights because Ric Flair was a heel his entire career compared to John Cena being a babyface his entire career. So when you mention <clears throat> that when you mention that Ric Flair made made you know these wrestlers from different territories look good by almost beating the champion. He's a heel. That's what he's supposed to do. Go right. in there, get his get his ass kicked, and then sneak away with the title somehow. Yep. John Cena, as the biggest babyface, is there to send the home send, send the fans home happy. You know the the casual fans, the the quote unquote marks. Right. And so you know he's supposed to leave and you know be somewhat dominant and leave with the title and everything. So it's it's I mean it's it's apples to oranges, I guess. And right. it's, it's so different with it being two different time periods. Do I think John Cena deserves to beat Ric Flair's record? No, and I, yeah. I, I, you know, I am a John Cena fan. I'll defend John Cena, but he does not. He doesn't. He does not deserve to beat Ric Flair's record. But if you're talking about significance and putting them on a pedestal based on their two different time periods, then yeah, I think he is up there with Ric Flair. Which is also why I put him with Hulk Hogan and with St- Steve Austin as okay. well. Okay. All right. Well, you you've you've convinced me then. Um, yeah, I, I was kind of trying to play the other coin to be devil's advocate, but I mean, I, I really did believe in my heart that, you know, John Cena for what he is, uh, isn't half the wrestler that Ric Flair is, but you're right in ring work. Ric Flair, no question could wrestle with a broom. I don't think John Cena could do that, but. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Do you put Bret Hart in that same category? <laughs> Why do you gotta do that to me? Uh, Technical wise, yes, but impact wise, no. So I don't, I don't think so he how... made a big enough impact uh, as champion, uh, and and obviously you know Flair and Cena had the championship more times and and carried it on a lot longer than him. I think Brett only had it for like a year or two on and off. Mm-hmm. I think he was like five time champion, but um, I don't think Brett was good enough to carry the the business. Which leads to your point that I didn't think about is that John Cena did lead the WWE. He was the face of the company. He was the one defending the title, making the appearances, doing the charity work, doing all that that a company guy should. And you know, I should have taken that into account. And I think I'm just so bitter against you. Hate part timers. I'm with you. I get it. <laughs> not just not just a, you're right. Not just a part timer, but the fact that his is his act is stale and it's been the same thing for so long. I think it's made me kind of jaded towards him as a person and all the, all the time and, and energy that he's put into his product and his brand. Uh, I didn't take that into account. So you're right. Ric Flair had a definite impact on carrying the territory, putting butts in seats, getting people to watch him as a heel wanting, you know, people wanting to see him get his ass kicked. He was the man and, for the run that John Cena has had, uh, he is—he is all right. I'll say it. He is the man uh, 
uh, when it comes to the WWE. So you, you've made me, you, you've changed my mind on him. And I, I applaud you for that because that's something I didn't take into account when I was forming my argument. Right. Uh, and honestly, I had no idea where you were going with this John Cena thing. Like I said, you threw, you snuck this up on me. I, you were just like, I want to talk about John Cena. And I'm like, I pretty much okay. just wanted to <laughs> put John Cena on blast because I'm so tired of him. Um, but I am glad that we had this discussion because you actually did open my eyes to uh, to him as a person uh, and as a leader of the company. Uh, that's something I didn't think of. So good, good job, dude. GG. Thank you, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, let, let me ask you one more thing before we move okay. on. If he does come back as a heel, what will your impression of him be? Uh, I, I'd probably like it because it's a fresh new Cena that we haven't seen in 15 years. Will you will you boo him or will you cheer him? No, no. I'll, I'll be I'll be I'll buy a John Cena T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy a John Cena so, T-shirt and I'll so live you, stream it on. So you're YouTube. you're the reason he will not turn heel. Yeah, I'm the reason. Yeah, but right. John Cena is good. He is good. I mean, he. So so, so was Daniel Bryan. Right. Nobody thought Daniel Bryan would get booed. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And John Cena is very, very good on the mic. I'll never take it away from him. He has enough charisma for you know to light up an entire city. He he's that good, and and he's he's rock ish. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put him on the same level. Promo wise, as a rock, he's There's up many, there. So. Right. He's close. So. Yeah, being something fresh and new, if he came back as a heel, I I would be the biggest John Cena mark you'll ever see. You know, and then this is something we'll probably get into another time, you know, if it does get closer and become more of a reality. But I wonder how they would do it. Because I've always said the best way to turn somebody heel is to attack Daniel Bryan. Well, <laughs> right. that's kind they of out the window now. Right. Yeah, no, can't they can't do that. do that. I mean, I guess you could attack AJ. You could attack Finn Balor, maybe, if you were, if you were to go to Raw. If they that's, knew that's about Roman, it. if they knew Roman was coming back, like say in the next two or three months, you could Ooh. you Ooh. could for, you could totally use John Cena as an anti-Roman Reigns, and to like I said, like like with Dean, bring up cheap heat about his illness, about his cancer, and yeah, instant how about instant how about, how about this? You know, Roman Roman beats this, which we all hope he does. Right. You know, he he beats this. Absolutely. Let's say by a miracle he's clear by after by WrestleMania. Right. The night after WrestleMania, he comes back, he says, I'm I'm clear, I'm good, I'm back, I'm good to go. And then he is the most loved person in that building. He will be, yes, absolutely. John Cena comes out and congratulates him as the company man. You know, I'm glad you're back. You know, welcome back. Right. All of a sudden he beats the hell out of Roman Reigns. <laughs> Tells him this is still my ring, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you're Dude. right. He would he wouldn't even have to use cancer as an angle. No, nope. absolutely. That's all he yeah, has to do. Yeah, John no, Cena, right. John Cena's a heel. That's money, dude. Yeah, that's they could just print money if they do that yeah. easily. I would buy that hook, line, and sinker because you're right. Cancer will get unfortunately. Cancer will get Roman Reigns over if he comes if he comes back. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Because you know when he made his speech, there's there's some guys that were crying in the audience. I mean, yeah, I, I teared up, but I'm not afraid to admit it. You yeah. know what? And I'm not the biggest Roman Reigns fan. But... I'm not the I'm not the biggest fan of his character. I like him as a human being. Yep, same here. And, and, and I always, that, and that's, I, and that's, I always what's, that's important. When he right. came out and said my name is Joe, I was yeah. like, okay, something's oh, up. Shit. And then when he gave right. the promo, I was like, okay, you know, I I will support him. I'll support him the rest of his career, the rest of his life. Yep. And I was surprised that not there wasn't one fan I think that booed or, or said anything crass. Nope. I'm pretty sure it was like 100 percent. Like, oh shit, dude, we're sorry. Yeah. Like. 
like we hate your fucking character like you know it's all fun you know when 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 the lights on we're gonna hate your ass but when the lights off and you're back to being joe yeah yeah, yeah we're sorry dude that's yeah. that fucking that sucks for you so it's, we're on we're on your side it's roman we hate you joe we love you we yeah hope, we pretty hope much better. So you're right. When he comes back, he's probably going to be a, a huge face. So yeah, you're definitely going to need a competent heel to go against him. Yeah. Why not John Cena? And not Brock Lesnar. And not Brock Lesnar. <laughs> All right. Let's get into uh, let's get into our TLC preview and predictions to uh, wrap right. up the show here. All right. Uh, I got I, I got the list ready to go. When you're I'm actually looking forward to this. Uh, I, I, wasn't, I am too. I wasn't at first because uh, just coming off the of Survivor Series hasn't been a lot of time to really build anything up. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, I, I think there's going to be a lot of good matches. Uh, I hope. Well, let, I don't know what order the card is going to be in. Let's just bring up. Let's just start off with Baron Corbin and Braun Strowman. Okay. Um, um, I, ha- I have a list here that's kind of. I is would say from, from significant, from less significant to most significant, I okay, guess. Okay, I'll, 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 I'll let you take the lead for okay. once. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks, the floor, the floor is yours. <laughs> All right. So um, there's 12 matches in total. Uh, so it's going to be a pretty long show, as you know most pay-per-views are. Uh, they haven't announced any matches on the, uh, the pre-show yet, so I'm not sure which ones will be on there. Uh, but the first match they have listed, and I guess what I'll do is um, I'll, I'll say the match and give your prediction, and I'll give mine, and... Okay. We'll go from there. So, good. Uh, first match they have listed is Rey Mysterio versus Randy Orton in a chairs match. Oh, Jesus, I think I already told you how I feel about it. Um, Storyline wise, I think it, it helps for Ray to win. Uh, just just coming back, in fact, that he's been gone for so long. Uh, I don't think I don't think I don't think Randy needs a win at this point. I mean, Randy Orton's Randy Orton. He's going to be over, you know, no matter what he does. He he's earned that right. Uh, I still think, even though Ray is quote-unquote a legend and is a former world champion. I think in a lot of people's eyes, he's still not that main event kind of guy. So I think a win would definitely help elevate Ray uh, in whatever position he, he's in right now. Uh, that's what I'm guessing is probably a part-timer. I think a win would, in fact, they're probably both part-timers at this point, but I still think a win would uh, would definitely help Ray. So I, I'm, I'm predicting that Ray takes it over, uh, over Randy Orton. I'd... This match is a little interesting to me because I'm curious what they're going to do with Randy Orton going forward, because they're kind of having him do have him do this thing where he attacks the fan favorites, and that's he's kind of been in limbo. I don't know if it's really a position <laughs> he's like happy being in. I know right. he's happy being a heel, but I don't know if he's real happy with what he's got going on. And about Royal Rumble time is when Randy starts ramping it up, and he's been like that his entire career. Right. And, you know, obviously I don't expect him to win the Rumble or anything like that, but he's normally in the title picture of some sort around at least the upper echelon of the show he's on by then. And he always puts on a great WrestleMania match. He does. I, I'm kind of leaning towards Randy Orton here because with it being a chairs match, I think it, it doesn't limit anything Ray can do. Ray can still do his high flying and everything, right. but I think they could start playing into the knees of Ray yes. a little bit because they haven't yeah. really talked about his knee injuries and so they could have Randy go after his knee. Because, you know, Randy likes to attack the limbs. That's something he's yep. always kind of done. Yeah. So have Randy kind of attack the limbs with the chair and, you know, maybe make Mysterio quit from pain, something like that. I don't know. Uh, but I, I could see Randy getting a win here, uh, heading into, Wrestle, or into um, I guess, WrestleMania season. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh, next match is, I don't know, this one, neither one of us are probably going to give two shits about. <laughs> but it's the it's the finals of the, mix, the Mixed Match Classic. The and what? it's hard. The, what, it's what, the finals of the Mixed Match Classic. It's our truth. Wait, wait, wait. What the fuck is that? The Mixed Match Challenge 
or Mixed Match Challenge. I can say classic. The Mixed Match Challenge. It's this show they do on Facebook every week after SmackDown, and it's a mixed tag team tournament, pretty much. People are still and, on Facebook? Wait, people are still on Facebook? Yeah. <laughs> really? And, yeah. I didn't, know, I didn't know that was still a thing. Yeah. And it's actually it's been it's been pretty good because they tend to they tend to do a lot of stuff like I wouldn't say out of character but kind of more like house shows. You've been to house shows, you know how it can be a yeah. little bit different. Right. It kind of it kind of reminds me of that. Um, but they announced a couple weeks ago that the winners of this will get the number thirty spot in their respected rumbles. Oh wow. Okay. Um, but when I tell you the names of who's <laughs> in it, you're not going to give two shits of who's in it though. All right, hit, hit me um, with it then. It is our truth and Carmella. <laughs> Versus Sorry. Jinder Mahal Sorry. and Alicia Fox. Oh, Jesus. I, I thought it was bad enough when he first let off of that. That got even worse. <laughs> uh, I'm probably the biggest anti-Jinder Mahal fan there is. Not not because of him personally. I'm, I'm sure he's a great dude. I've seen him on, like, uh, Table for Three on the network. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he, he's a decent guy, you know, outside of the ring. But as far as his in-ring work and his character, I couldn't give two shits about what he does and at least told you <laughs> yeah alicia fox has been there so long i'm surprised that she's even still there um just based on who you said is in it i gotta give the nod to truth and carmella um I, i've seen a little bit of them together um like they had this fucking like this breakout like a dance party or, dance or whatever break. Yeah. yeah dance break so i mean that that's kind of funny and i love truth honestly truth yeah. i can't believe he's still fucking there too man he's still on tv but zach Ryder isn't Right. There's right. something wrong with that. We can, Which Ryder's been, totally get... been teaming with Hawkins in, in house shows. That makes me happy. So really? I hope yeah, that's, that's kind of awesome. Yeah. I think maybe we can get into like Zack Ryder next week. We can do like we can do a whole show on him because oh, yeah. it's the, the, the horrible misuse of him. But uh, oh, man. yeah, uh, just just because I don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to go with Carmella and Truth. I'm, I'm pretty sure you probably are, too. <laughs> Well, you know, I'm actually going the other way. What? And I'll, I'll tell you why. I'll tell okay. you why. Two reasons. The first reason is when I went to WrestleMania 30, it was in New Orleans. And yeah, I got to have, yeah, go ahead. Rub it in. And I got to have a beer with Jinder Mahal on Burger uh, No, get out of here. You didn't yeah, tell me that. Him him, and um, and um, oh, uh, Drew McIntyre. Ah, uh, you son of a bitch. Yeah, so that was really cool. <laughs> um, besides that, I think they want to put heels at number 30. Okay, yeah, it makes sense. And, and, you know, so I can see it being Jinder and Alicia. That's all I'm going off of. Okay. And so that's why I'm going with them. I, I want to hear more about this beer story off air. So oh, uh, Yeah, I got, some, I, got some, I got some WrestleMania 30 stories for you. Don't worry. All mind. right, nice. All right, next, <laughs> next match. All right, next match is for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. It's Buddy Murphy versus Cedric Alexander, which You're I know you don't me. watch 205 Live. You're killing you me. Watch, but this match might steal the show. Yeah, no, I, I was kind of kidding. Even about the mix, ma- mix match, that's hard to say. Mix it is. match. That's challenge. why I said. That's why I said like. Something. Yeah. I totally fucked it up. Match classic. Right? Yeah, no, <laughs> I, no, I knew. I knew exactly what it was, and I know what Facebook is. I was just fucking with you. Um, yeah, I, I saw Buddy Murphy win the title, so uh, I, I really, really think he's good. He's got a really, really good character, and uh, I believe he's from the UK. I Australia. think he may. Or is he from Australia? Okay. Yeah. Um, I knew he was not from here because he doesn't sound like you or me. Well, actually, nobody sounds like you. Well, I guess thankfully, thankfully for them, they don't people, sound like us. People in Arkansas sound a lot like you, but um, yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. Uh, we won't get into that right now. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I think I think Buddy Murphy is really really good. Um, I I don't really like Cedric Alexander. I think he's a good wrestler, but I don't. He doesn't have much of a character from what I've seen. So 
just based on who I want to win, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna take Buddy Murphy. You know, I I can't I can't go with the same the same factors I went with the match before because <laughs> okay. I because I didn't have a beer with Cedric Alexander, but I did go right. to a Ring of Honor show while I was there and I saw him wrestle. Okay, and he's, and he's incredible. Right, but Buddy Murphy's great. Yeah. And man, he is good. And the last few matches I've seen him, man, he is just—he's incredible. And so, I'm, I'm, I think I think he definitely retains. Uh, plus, he's engaged to Alexa Bliss. So obviously, he's doing something. Oh, that, well, yeah, there you go. So, okay. <laughs> he's on top yeah, of the he's he's head. awesome in my book. Then, yeah, yeah. man. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> so, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Buddy. So, uh, and he reminds me a lot of Pete Dunne too. Yes, but Pete Dunne is excellent. So yeah. good. Yeah, they both are. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, all right. That's. The first one that we agree on for once. Right. All right. Uh, next match is Elias versus Bobby Lashley in a ladder match. And oh, man, the match, tough. the match is that there's a guitar hanging from the, t- from the ceiling. And if you get it, you get to use it. Well, just based on a stipulation alone, you know, reverse psychology wants you to believe that Lashley is going to, you know, take that guitar and, and beat the crap out of Elias. I mean, it seems like it's too much of a foregone conclusion that, Elias is, is going to win, but actually I'm, I'm, I'm going to vote for Lashley on this one only because I think he needs to win mm-hmm. more than Elias because Elias is super over right now, and I fucking love everything that Elias does. Me he too. Could, he could sit in a ring for a fucking hour and a half and fill up you know, one half a Raw, and I wouldn't give a shit. It'd be the best <laughs> Raw they've had all year. He is that Which wouldn't great. take much, but... No, right. it really wouldn't, yeah. but, no, but he, is, he is that good. I, I see nothing but huge things for Elias. But I think right now, building up Bobby as a heel, uh, I say he's going to get the win. You make you make a really good point. I didn't really think about that about how much Bobby really needs this win, and he right. does. And I think Leo Rush is a wild card here yep. because they have they have been Im- implementing him implementing implementing that's the word implementing yeah, yeah. him right. Right. Good more job. in in the thank you in the uh, storyline. So I could see him maybe climbing the ladder. The thing is, though, let's say Leo Rush climbs the ladder. And he tries to throw it to Bobby. Does Elias catch it? Does Bobby get it? You know, uh, yeah, I, true. It's 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 hard to tell. But I, I like I like the way you're leaning with Bobby Lashley needing the win because he does need some momentum. Right. The heel the heel turn's been good for him because he needed because he was getting pretty stale as a face. Yes, but but he needs a good pay per view win. So I'm with you. I think Bobby Lashley is a good choice on this one. And I think there could be you're right. There could be some fifty fifty booking where he can take the loss and still get over because it wasn't his fault. If Leo causes the loss, um, so yeah, that could go either way. But yeah, I think we're we're pretty much on the same page that that Bobby needs to win. So yeah, I, th- I think I think you're I think you're we're both spot on when it comes yep. to that. Yep. Okay. Next match is Finn Balor versus Drew McIntyre. Uh, I said it earlier that I don't want this match to happen <laughs> as much as I like both of them. Um, yeah, they don't. What history does Finn have with McIntyre other than just getting involved in their match last week or the week before? Like, there, there's not enough between them to justify having a match, let alone a gimmick match on a pay per view. Uh, it, it should have been Dolphin McIntyre. I pretty much it's been backstage attacks from McIntyre, like. Okay. You know, like, you know, they had their match that Finn won, and then they got both put on the Survivor Series team, and then after the match, right, Drew right. attacked Finn, and then you know, like he gave Finn a Claymore kick in the back, and then Finn costed Drew a match. That's been pretty much it, you know, back and forth. But just getting each other's business for the most part. All right. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I love Drew. I love Finn. Um, 
Again, it's going to go back to who I think needs to win more. I think Finn's still going to be over no matter what you do because uh, people love him, even though he's been booked like shit the entire year. Uh, so I think if you're building up McIntyre as this, you know, next big thing, you know, he took out Kurt Angle, you know, he he, he took out Dolph Ziggler. He's going to take out Finn. I think that Drew gets the win just because uh, he, he, he needs to be pushed ahead. So I have one big question going to this match. Okay. And that question is, do we see the demon? If Because we didn't see Finn Balor on Raw Monday. So <clears throat> does he feel like he needs the demon to beat Drew McIntyre? He probably does. Historically, he has said that the demon is only used for like the ultimate, you know, confrontation or, you know, the feud is that intense that it, it brings the demon out of him. Did, has Drew really done enough to bring the demon out of him? Well, I, I, I get, I see that, but the last time he was the demon was a basic match against Baron Corbin. All right. You got me there. Never mind. So, All right. The demon's so, coming, baby. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It, fuck, bring him on. I feel yeah. like I feel like Drew has a couple <laughs> things against him here. That... So if he does, if he does come out back as a demon, you're right. He's kind of fucked, right? Right, because Finn Balor is undefeated as the demon on the main roster. So well, if he comes go. back as the demon, I think he wins. And I uh, think I think ahead, Ziggler, I think Ziggler gets involved and okay. maybe cost you the match. Okay, I like that. I like where you're going with that. that mm-hmm. I, you know that that's a good point. Can you use the logic that Drew used this week in his promo when they said, oh, you know, you got beat by Dolph last week. You were undefeated. And he's like, I don't give a fuck. He's like, everybody has that one loss. He's like, Undertaker had his loss at WrestleMania against Brock. So maybe this will be that one demon loss. It's possible. Yeah, that's very possible. One more thing that I was thinking about, though, is that, and I know we were not, this isn't a Royal Rumble prediction show, (laughs) but 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 I think Drew McIntyre wins the Rumble. Ah, damn it! I, and, and I wasn't going to mention that, I, but yeah, I, I I think they go, they 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 like to have guys go on losing streaks before doing something like that, either winning right. the Rumble before winning Money in the Bank, something like that. Right. So you could have Drew drop a couple matches, you know, lose to the Demon, which wouldn't hurt him too much because it's the Demon, yep. you know, and then have Ziggler come out costing the match. It's not a it's not a clean win. Right. So that's why I think I'm leaning towards Finn Balor, and but I think this match is going to be awesome. I think these guys are going to tear the house down. Please yeah. give them like 15, 20 minutes to go out there <laughs> right. and have a match. I think it should even it should start the show. Honestly, I think so too. Yeah, start with start with especially if he is the demon. Yeah, yeah. just start on a high note, and I think it would it would set the tone for the entire night. Nice. Okay. All right. Next match is Natalia versus Ruby Riot in a tables match. Yeah, before that promo from Ruby Riot, I didn't give one shit about this either. So uh, I'm actually interested to see where they're going to go with this. If they're going to carry on a feud moving forward, um, will they have the Riot Squad help out? Will, you know, I mean, who who would Natalia have as her partners moving forward if they want to do some kind of like a tag team, you know, uh, feud or whatever? But uh, given that uh, hellacious promo that uh, that Ruby cut on Natalia this past Monday night. Um, I think Natalia's going to get the win uh, only because she is the veteran. She's been there long enough. She kind of deserves the win. Uh, I think Ruby will be okay if she loses. Uh, but for storyline purposes, because just based on the basic psychology of it's pretty fucked up to pick on somebody's dad, if Natty doesn't get the win, where does she go from there? Right. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. And uh, there's a couple things I wonder about this is that, I mean, I have heard that maybe Natalia is next in line for Ronda Rousey. Um, because, oh, Jesus. Because really? Turn in, yeah, because, you know, they are best friends, and they're originally going to turn, mean, yeah. the ta- 
they're originally yeah. going to turn Natalia heel before her dad passed away. Right, right, and right. And so I know they kind of still want to do that. On the other hand, I see a scenario where Natalia puts the other two members of the Riot Squad through a table. Mm-hmm. She goes to put Ruby through a table, but it's the table with her dad on it, so she Which... stops. Ah, okay. And, you know, then her emotions get the best of her, and then Ruby grabs her, throws her through it, Ruby wins the match. That's good. I like that. I'm still so, sticking with what I said, but I like that a lot. I like it too, but I think I'm going with you. <laughs> oh, come on, man. You I do. Totally, I, I, you totally I, swerved me, man. Come I on. Did, I did, yeah. Uh, I think I do think Natalia finds a way to win. She does need the win, and I, like I said, I think they're heading towards her and Ronda uh, before you, before yeah. the, before Mania, so I think I'm going to go with Natalia. You totally swerved me on that one, you son of a bitch. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right, what's up? What, what we got next? All right, next we got The Bar versus The New Day versus The Usos in a tag team triple threat match for the SmackDown uh, tag team titles. Yeah, Usos. No question. Uh, they're, in my my opinion, the best tag team they have right now on, on SmackDown. Um, the Bar's been there long enough. The New Day's been there long enough. I really think, and I know Usos have been around forever, but they really haven't had any real dominant run as, as champions. I think this is their time to do that. I'm going yeah, with, I so. I hate to agree with you again because we've had a couple now, <laughs> but I think the Usos is pretty uh, pretty obvious in my my opinion. They are the best tag team on SmackDown. Yep. Uh, as much as I love the New Day, they are getting a little stale, yep. and I kind of want to see where they go with them the next six months or so. And the bar's the bar, you know they're right, going to yeah. be there. They're going to be doing their thing. And you're right, the Usos the Usos deserve a run. They haven't had one. Uh, they were heck, they were off television for like three months. Yeah. And so to see them back on, it's really made the tag team division, you know, pretty fresh again, and it's it's good. And I think I think they deserve it, and I'm with you. I think uh, definitely the Usos leave with the titles. Look at you agreeing with me. That's so much fun. I love that. That makes me feel really good, especially after the John Cena debate. Woo! <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, right. We're, we're both in agreement with that. That was that was a pretty easy pick. All right, this this one we might be different. So let's see. Next match is the SmackDown Women's Championship match: Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair versus Oscar. Uh, TLC match. A TLC match for the title. The first, ever, the first ever women's TLC match. Uh, good. Another another first ever because yeah. they, they can't help but throw that in our face every time that happens. Okay. Making history, bro. Always. Uh, every, every month they're making history. Um, <laughs> here's what I think. Does Becky need the win? Yeah. I mean, she needs a solid run with that title. For a good year and a half. This whole show is about who deserves the wins, in my opinion, and who needs the wins. She needs a solid run as a heel for a good year, maybe a year and a half, kind of like a CM Punk kind of thing, mm-hmm. to where you know she just dominates everybody because she is that good. And because she was overlooked for so long, now she's pissed off. Now the real Becky Lynch comes out. She needs to have a good run. Charlotte is Charlotte. Charlotte Flair is the Ric Flair, uh, you know, just as a female. She is her dad. She will always be on, you know, in the main event. She's that good. She's a queen. You know, she's missed pay per view. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't see her needing the win. Um, Oscar. If you want the Oscar that we had in NXT, yeah, there's nobody on the planet that can beat her. She's that good. She's untouchable. She's kind of like what they should have done with Shinsuke, mm-hmm. and had him have a monster run when he first came in because he is that good. Um. All right, I'm kind of def- I'm going against my own logic. If I'm going, we need to win. Maybe Oscar needs to win more than Becky. But if you want Becky to be relevant and to stay on top as a heel and have that monster run, I think she wins. And I think by Oscar, 
I try to use this booking every go home show they have. Whoever's on top at the end of that show is not going to win. <laughs> I was so going to say the same thing. <laughs> right. And, sorry. And, and, and we didn't even talk about it beforehand, but it's good nope. to see that we're on the same page. If Oscar was standing tall at, at the end of SmackDown this week, she's not going to win. So uh, I'm just going to go with Becky because I think she needs that run. Okay. I like it. I like it. Um, I'm actually going to put two matches together here, and it's going to kind of go back to the reason I chose Natalia. Is, you know, um, oh God, I just, I just drew a blank. Um, Ronda Rousey, her, the Rollins yes. and Rollins champion. Right. She needs something to do from TLC to WrestleMania. Okay. So that's where Natalia comes in. You know, right. you could have your match at Royal Rumble. You could have your match at Fastlane, whatever the pay-per-view is in between there. Yep. You know, you, you could do Natalia and Ronda to get her there. I know almost without a shadow of doubt, I don't know, but I have a feeling they're going to do Becky and Ronda at WrestleMania. Right. To do that, you got to get the title off of Becky. And I think this is the best way to do it because you don't have Becky get pinned. You don't have her submit, nothing like that. So you could say it took two people to beat Becky Lynch mm. for her to drop the title. Okay. And, like and, then, and then Becky can start getting ready to win the, to win the women's Royal rumble to okay. face Ronda at WrestleMania. So that leaves Charlotte and Oscar. I think it's a coin flip. I think it could be either one of them. They're both deserving. They both could do it. There's one thing I found very interesting, though. Whenever whenever um, Becky Lynch cut that promo about who would face Ronda Rousey at Survivor Series, Asuka got the biggest reaction of the crowd. Right. The crowd went apeshit for her, thinking she was going to face Ronda Rousey. Yeah. And I think that may have opened up some eyes, which is why we've been seeing Asuka in a much more predominant or a much better position right. the last few weeks. <clears throat> And I think Oscar versus Charlotte is where they want to go on SmackDown because okay. they had, they had such a good feud. Charlotte attacked her with the Kendo stick this past week. There wasn't a clear winner. You know, you could keep it going. Maybe they do a rematch at WrestleMania between those two. So I think I'm going with Oscar. I think Oscar, it's her time that she's back in the spotlight again. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt Becky. It doesn't hurt Charlotte because with it being a TLC match, right. Uh, Becky gets ready for Ronda and Charlotte and Oscar go forward. So I think, I think I'm gonna go with Oscar to leave with the title. All right. I like it. I like it. Good job, dude. All right. So we've got four matches left. Uh, the next match is the raw women's championship match between Ronda Rousey and Nia Jax. Uh, that's easy. Ronda. Yeah. And I mean, we, yeah. you know, you, you just heard my tirade about <laughs> right. You know, so obviously yeah. Ronda. Ronda retains. Yeah. Um, no question. Nia, yeah. What, what, I mean, no. How much, I, how, I, much I is the, how much is the company behind Nia Jax, though? They were at one point. I think they are. You know, with the I, whole, I, think they, I kind of think, think they, they still are. You think are. they still are, really? With the whole, like, Me Too movement, and, and but, she's, a, she's a bigger girl, too, and, and they're trying to do the whole campaign, and, like, you know, just because I'm a big girl doesn't mean I'm any you know worse or, or whatever than the rest of these people. I have feelings too, all that. And they're kind of putting that the, the wheels behind her. But it's Ronda, dude. I mean, like... It is. Ronda shouldn't lose at all until maybe WrestleMania next year. Right. And don't get me wrong. I, I do think Ronda wins. And I'm picking Ronda to win this one. But <clears throat> it wouldn't surprise me if Nia won. Just because they're embracing this whole facebreaker thing. Right. You know, they're, they're not going against it. They're not saying it was an accident, making her apologize. They've been pushing her harder since she hurt Becky Lynch and she's winning her matches. She's being dominant. She's, you know, everything. But I think that's more to make Ronda's win against her more relevant because Nia has been so dominant. 
So, you know, they're making Nia out to be this monster that took down the SmackDown Women's Champion, blah, 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 all this stuff. So when Ronda comes in, dominates her, breaks her arm, then makes Ronda look even more like a badass. See, this is why this is why I love you. I, I love you, well, for many reasons, but the fact that you can bring something else to the table that I didn't even think of, th- this is the very dichotomy of the show. This is why I'm glad we put this together, because, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit older than you, you know, maybe a couple of years. Um, you know, I, I've been around the horn. I've seen a little bit more than you have over the years. I have a different perspective based on how long I've been around and where I've come from. We're two completely different backgrounds. I'm north, you're south. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that you can you can bring that to the table and actually convince me <laughs> to possibly change my mind. I'm not going to change my mind on the match, but just with that logic alone, um, yeah, I think I think Nia could win. I don't think she's going to, but. That's very sound logic that you just came up with, and I'll give you props for that. So, good, I appreciate good it. And you know, yeah. it, it shows with the WWE that yes, a lot of the WWE is predictable. Right. But you know, if you're invested in enough and you know what's going on and you kind of know how everything works, you can kind of make it unpredictable in a way. Right. I mean, yeah, we can pretty much say we know Ronda's going to win. You know, but would it shock me if Nia won? No. For all we yeah. know, Nia could win. Ronnie could re- do her rematch at, at Royal Rumble and win it back. Right. You know, it, it could go any direction. Yeah, but Ronda's right. not lo- but Ronda's not losing until WrestleMania. No, no, Ronda, the fuck no. She's Ronda's not losing until WrestleMania. No, really is, that's so. a great argument. No, there's no way in hell that Ronda loses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. Uh, next is the match that I think is actually going to open the show. This is Braun Strowman versus Baron Corbin in a TLC match. Braun with the shoulder surgery or elbow surgery? Oh, yep, elbow surgery. Yep. Elbow surgery that he just had. Um, they're, the whole thing, I guess, what they've been doing in the last couple of weeks is Corbin is the general manager elect. Like, he automatically thinks he's going to get it because Braun's not going to show up and, and yes. Baron's going to win by forfeit. So yeah we, yeah, we do need to know what the stipulations for this is, is that if Baron Corbin loses, he is he cannot be the general manager of Raw. That's right. And if Braun Strowman loses, he cannot. He will not face Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble. Okay. So, given that fact of where we think they're going with Braun and Brock, I think Braun's going to show up and win. But just based on basic psychology, the fact that Corbin is 100% confident that Braun's not even going to show up, that he's just going to win without even having to fight, Braun's going to come and beat him in probably like 35 seconds. That's exactly where I'm leaning towards, and that's <laughs> and that's why I think this op- this opens the show. I think it's going right. to be like Corbin's, like, okay, the show's here. Where's he at? You know, yeah. like as soon as the show starts, I'm, I'm surprised right. he might not come out in the pre-show and be like, okay, where's Braun at? You know, right? Yeah. So I think I think this opens the show. I think the rep starts counting, gets to nine. Braun's music hits. He comes out. Fan goes crazy. The fans go wild. Fans go nuts. One minute in, he power slams him, climbs him, climbs the ladder, or pins him, whatever it's going to be. I guess there's nothing to grab. But yeah, just power slams him through a table, maybe pins him, match over. Yeah, yep. and I think agreed. we're heading we're heading towards Brock and Braun at Royal Rumble. Yep, agreed. All right, next match, which is also going to be an incredible one. The next two matches, man, there's there's a there's a loaded card. There's so many good matches. Uh, the Intercontinental Championship, Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose. Um, based on what we were talking about earlier during our Raw recap, I think we're both kind of in agreement that. Dean's going to win and just carry that title uh, as the upper mid-carder. At least I think that's where you're leaning to. Uh, you could swerve me again. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think Dean actually wins, even though the way they're pushing it, uh, the way typical logic goes with Vince booking, that 
Seth's been beaten down, you know, for four or five weeks now. That he's going to get his comeback and get his win. I'm going to go the opposite way and say that Dean's going to win the match, take the Intercontinental title, probably defend that for the next six months or so, uh, try to keep that title relevant, and Seth goes on to bigger and better, uh, which leads me to what I didn't want to say, but since you already think that uh, you made your Royal Rumble prediction, I think Seth's going to win the Royal Rumble this year, and uh, he's going to go on to WrestleMania to, nice. uh, to face whoever the champion is, which is probably going to be Brock. Nice. Um you know, you mentioned that. I completely forgot that I'd said that about Seth Brock. <laughs> right. uh, now it makes me wonder if somebody on SmackDown is going to win the Rumble. But, they, right. but, some, but Nakamura won last year, so I could see somebody on Raw this year. Anyways, I'm going to stick with my McIntyre prediction. Okay. All right. um, I, you mentioned uh, something about Ambrose beating up Seth every week and you know, kind of having the upper hand. So logic would tell you that Rollins is going to get his comeuppance at TLC. Yep. I'm with you though. I don't think it happens. I think they're going to play the more role of Dean Ambrose has Seth Rollins' number, that yeah. he's in that he's in Rollins's head. Yeah, and that's good that, that he's in his head. You're right. I'm going to make a really bold prediction here, just because I think they've been kind of leaning towards this, but they haven't really done a whole lot with it. I think Renee Young plays some kind of role in this match. Really, I don't know how or when, but exactly. But Corey Graves has been on her case the last couple of weeks, especially this week. I mean, it was constant. Yeah. And, and any time they showed her, she wasn't saying much. You know, she, you know, she kind of just shake her head and look around. Right. There's something there. They're planting seeds there with something. So I think, I don't know, maybe if she comes and tries to like, maybe Ambrose is beating the holy hell out of Seth Rollins and he tries, she tries to like, she acts like she's going to stop him. And then maybe like tosses him a chair or something or a kendo stick or you know whatever. Right, right. Um, I I don't know. Like for some reason, I see her getting involved somehow in this because they've obviously played off that Rollins and her are friends. Right. That you know she's friends with everybody in the Shield stuff like that. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if she had some kind of role in this. If not, either way, I think Dean leans leads with the title. But it worries me because we kind of we kind of touched on this earlier. Is that where does Dean go from here? If he does win the title, I mean, he, he feuds back... with he feuds with Finn Balor and and yeah, I mean, mid card guys like that, you know. Yeah, but you know that just that ends the scene death scene death <laughs> the the Dean Seth thing so quickly, and I yeah. hate that because it's been building up for so long. You know, it's been coming, and then just to kind of throw it away in a in a match on TLC, you know, there's there's so much there that uh, you know untapped potential for this feud. Um, they, they, they've had to scramble so much since Roman went down with the illness that I think, to your point, that's probably why they're going to elevate Seth since he's kind of the, the next biggest thing in the Shield. Yeah. Uh, in, in Vince's mind, I think, that uh, they kind of have to scramble and change plans and maybe they were going to carry it out longer, you know, have have Roman involved with, with Brock and Braun and all that and, and Seth and Dean would fight it out for three, four, five months. But I think because that Roman went down, they're going to have to push their, their plans in a different direction and I think that's why um, they're going to cut it short, and Dean's just going to be relegated to the mid upper mid card, and uh, and Seth is going to go on to the main event. Yep, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. And if they do that, hey, great for Seth Rollins. Yeah, and I, and Seth Rollins deserves it. He deserves to be in that role. And yeah. uh, Ambrose does not deserve to be in an upper mid card. He deserves better. Yeah, he does. But you know, he he can make that title just as relevant as Seth Rollins did. And the Intercontinental yeah. Championship needs somebody that can keep that title relevant, and he can do that. Right. And, you know, you can turn people. How about Elias? 
How mm-hmm. about you know? How about Elias Dean Ambrose? I'd be okay with that. Would that be? I'm, I'm you know? good with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So you know, either way, we're, we're both leaning towards Dean Ambrose. And I think with the, I'm with you. Dean Ambrose leaves with the Intercontinental Title. Yeah. All right. Uh, so our final match is um, going to be the WWE Championship. The new Daniel Bryan. <laughs> the new Daniel Bryan. Versus the phenomenal AJ Styles. People forget that Brian was a heel back in the old days. I mean, really, it's kind of like the original kind of Daniel right. Bryan. But the American Dragon. The American Dragon. Um, yeah. This, God, anything they do is money. I, I don't care what kind of match it is. Um, I, I'll pay to see it any day of the week. Uh, they're they're that good. They're both at the top of their game, given the fact that, what, they're 38, 39 years old. They're, they're pretty much AJ's- around... The- 41, I think. Is, is he 41 now? And Daniel's probably maybe a year or two younger. So, yeah, I mean, they're, like, yeah, late 30s. Yeah. They're considered kind of up there, you know, when it comes to, you know, to, to veterans. And, and they probably only have maybe three, four, five years left. Yep. Um, but they're still at the top of their game. That says a lot about not only how good they are, uh, but their conditioning, how they take care of themselves, uh, how they're still able to compete at a high level. Uh, AJ still flies around the ring like he did. Maybe he might not be as quick as he was back in TNA, but I mean, he's still a step ahead of everybody else. Man, he's so uh, good. And Daniel is such a good ground and pound guy. He, he's very technical, who could also take the air if need be. Uh, like I said before, he kind of reminds me of Chris Benoit a lot, and I think that's who he patterned his career at, after. Um, I wish he, I wish he wouldn't do the headbutt anymore. <laughs> I don't think he does. I haven't I seen th- him do it in a long time. I, so I, I, I want to say maybe he did it first couple matches he came back. I don't know if he's done it recently. Um, but I, I haven't think... seen him do it recently, so I hope he does. Okay, that that move scares me. We kind of talked about that last week a little bit. Yeah, it's, it scares me too. But the fact that he's kind of a heel now, he kind of needs to be that more you know ground and pound kind of guy, pick you apart, you know, yeah. limb, you know, uh, limb by limb. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I his, his finisher is a heel hook now. I mean, does it get yeah. much more heel than that? Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> no yeah. pun intended. I right, mean. <laughs> right. Um, I, I, God, I don't know who to pick. It, it's a toss-up. Either one, I mean, I know AJ took time off because he said, you know, he was kind of burnt out and he wanted to take a little bit of time off. And, and uh, he had the title for over a year. I think he had it for like 13, 14 months. Yeah. So he was, he's kind of wanted to take a step back. That kind of, if you want to use that thinking, maybe Daniel gets the win just because he's reborn now as a heel. And if you want to keep him as a dominant heel, and for people to to want to see him get his ass kicked every week, you need to put you need to keep the title on him, uh, so you have a you can have a credible champion and a credible challenger every month to try to take that away from him. So, using that strategy, I think Daniel gets the win. Yeah, I mean, I. I, I I agree with you when it comes to Brian leaving with the title, but I'm going to count. I'm going to kind of going to counteract my two points here is okay. that Daniel Bryan just got the title. So I don't see him dropping it this quickly. True. Um, especially since he has been probably the hottest thing mm-hmm. on SmackDown right now. And they're really still kind of building his character a little bit. And so I think, I think taking the title off of him would be kind of a bad idea. But if there's anybody that's relevant enough on the babyface side to take the title off of him, it would be AJ Styles. And if you put the title on Styles, you have options with him when it comes to people he can face. Okay. With Daniel, you really don't. There's not a whole lot of babyfaces unless you kind of make a new babyface on SmackDown. You know, you could throw 
you know, if Rey Mysterio beats Orton, maybe you could put Mysterio and Brian heading towards WrestleMania, maybe Jeff Hardy and Brian in the future. Jeff, yeah. Jeff Hardy and Brian would be decent. I, but I think, I think they're going to continue with AJ. I don't think AJ and Daniel are going to be quite done because this isn't really a gimmick match. This is just kind of a continuation. I think, right. I, I hate to say this because I hate matches that end like this, but I don't think we get a clean finish here. Really? I, I think maybe AJ wins by DQ. Um, I just, I, I don't think we're done. I don't think we're done with this one. I, is there a stipulation I, in this match? There's not. No. Okay, no, so it's not. A, it's not a TLC match or a ladder match. No, no, just a regular match. And I think they're okay. gonna have their blow off match. You know, be some kind of, some kind of gimmick match of some sort. So I'm kind of leaning towards like an AJ Styles DQ finish. Okay. I hope not because these guys deserve to go out there and for 25 minutes and put on a classic because they can. Right. Um, but so I'm really leaning there. But if I have to pick an actual winner. Um, I'll go with Daniel Bryan. I'll say Daniel Bryan retains and you know keeps the title going into WrestleMania season. Okay, that's fair enough. So we uh, we agreed on some. Um, I think for the most part uh, we're on the same page, but with d- different logic. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't mention this to you off air, but I think what we should do with every pay per view is take all our picks, provided they're not all the same. And whoever gets the most right is the winner for that month. And we'll carry on that title to the next month as the prediction champion or whatever. So I think I, like that'd be... I, I can hang it up on my green screen back here. Yeah, there you go. All right. There you go. So yeah, I think, <laughs> I think that that's just something I thought of as we were going through this. I think that's a pretty good idea to, to, to keep things interesting between you and I. Um, I, I, I have been wanting to talk to you about what are we going to do post shows? Because as much as I would, I mean, obviously we're going to talk about pay-per-views after they happen and give like right. a, a breakdown and stuff like that, especially based off of our picks and everything. I don't know if I want to wait till Wednesday though, <laughs> because by that yeah, time, I know. by that time, Raw and SmackDown are already through and stuff like that. It's kind of like old news. I'm so excited to be doing this with you that I've been chomping at the bit since our last episode. Yeah, me too. Uh, because it took off so well that you know I wanted to record last night when you were done streaming. So I I tried to look you up, and you're like, "No, man, chill out." Like, I had to I watch SmackDown first. I haven't I watched SmackDown yet. I'm like, no, come on, dude, let's go, let's do it. And you're like, "Chill out, dude. We'll get there tomorrow." But yeah, I'm with you. I, I kind of. I get antsy. I don't want to wait. I want to, I want to, yeah, I think maybe, uh, God, we both work in early in the morning, so I don't know if you want to do it right after the pay-per-view or maybe before Raw, like on Monday night. Um, I mean, if you, if we want to like, because we're obviously going to have our weekly episodes, that's going to be the longer ones. If we want to do like an hour episode after the show to do just like a recap, then I'd, I'd be cool with that. Yeah, that works for me. Okay. There you go, fans. You just got it behind there you the scenes. Go. Bonus, <laughs> bonus material. Bonus material. That's what's coming up after TLC. So Already we're, growing. Right. We're just for you guys. Well, dude, we covered a lot. Uh, we're about almost two and a half hours in. So Woo! this went a little bit. I knew we were going to go long, but I thought I didn't think we were going to go this long. So uh, we got a lot accomplished today. So I'm, I'm happy with that. Um, I really like where we're going with this. I enjoy doing this with you. Yeah, man, um, absolutely. I've, this, I've always, I, I knew this would be fun. I never realized how much fun this would be. Though. Yeah, man, this exactly. Is, I look forward to every day, man. I'm just like, I'm ready to podcast. I'm ready to talk wrestling, yeah, you know? Right, right. That's awesome. So I, given that fact, I hope you guys are uh, as enthused about this as we are. Uh, I hope you enjoy this this episode. Um, like you just heard, breaking news a few minutes ago. We're going to be, we'll, we'll be on after TLC recording our recap 
I'll try to put up that night or at least put up Monday morning before I go to work. Uh, so you'll have that. Uh, Jeff, where can we find you on social media? Uh, you guys can find me at Run With Turtles on Twitter. Uh, you can also follow my Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash runwithturtles. I play a lot of retro games and some uh, current games as well. So if you guys want to come interact with me on um, in person, or I guess in person, but live, yeah. you guys can um, you guys can follow me on there. And I will give you hella props for getting through Invictus. If You guys that follow video games, if you know what Mario ROM hacks are, um that is a tough game and i'm very proud of you for getting through that and sticking with it because like you there was one point where you're stuck on a level for about three and a half hours yeah uh and people actually stuck with you which is a credit to uh, how much people like watching you but yeah dude good job on that i appreciate uh, yeah it was uh it was right around 30 hours pretty close to for wow. the entire game yeah dude i don't even get like 30 hours of sleep <laughs> 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 you're really dedicated to that so Man. i mean yeah it was uh, fun though it was fun yeah you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Rad Rob Gaming and follow me on Twitch. Uh, I typically only stream like Tuesdays and Thursdays. I play Super Mario Maker primarily, um, and my channel is Rad Rob Gaming. You can follow our show on Twitter at Rad Turtles Pod, and you can send us an email with any questions or comments you have at Rad Turtles Wrestling at Gmail dot com. Yeah, we could even get to mailbox this week. I didn't even think about it. Yeah, you know, we, we got really so long. much, so much material. Yeah. yeah, I apologize, you guys, for that did send us some letters. Or, uh, letters, nobody writes anymore. For you guys, <laughs> for you guys shows you how I old say I this am. once a week. You yeah, right. Fuck. Yeah, uh, for for you guys to just email the show, I promise we will leave time to get to your questions next week. Uh, so yeah, if you have any questions, comments, anything you hate mail, send it to Jeff on Twitter at yep. Rat <laughs> Run with Turtles. You got uh, it. Bring it <laughs> You can send us an email at Rad Turtles Wrestling Podcast. No, sorry, Jesus Christ. We have so many different different things to, to plug. I messed at, it up last week. It's your turn this week. Yeah, at Rad, and I got it the first time. At Rad Turtles Wrestling. Jesus at Christ. Rad Turtles Rad, Wrestling at gmail.com. Fuck it. I'm done. I don't want to talk anymore. Yes, <laughs> he said it. Rad Turtles Wrestling at gmail.com. Uh, you could even just email me and call me a dumbass for forgetting the name of our email address. That's fine. Uh, what else do we have? We we have YouTube channels. I know yours isn't fully up and going yet with a lot of content, but uh, you are Run With Turtles on YouTube, yep. Yep. and I am Rad Rod Gaming on YouTube. I have a, a ton of content up. This show will also be on there if you want to listen to it. It won't be... Eventually, we may put videos up, but right now it is the audio version, but uh, we are also on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. I got us on all those platforms last week. So anywhere you get your podcasts, if you use like Podcast Addict as an app like I do, just use the search function and use the YouTube search engine and type in Run uh, Run With Turtles. Jesus Christ. Rad Tur- <laughs> type in Rad thanks Turtles. For the, thanks for the shout-out. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Ad, I'm tired, dude. We Shit, it's past my bedtime. Um, type in Rad Turtles Wrestling, uh, and you'll find us on uh, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean. All that great, good shit. Great review and subscribe and tell your friends. Yeah, definitely. Please tell all your friends. Leave us a five-star review and we'll mention you on the show. Um, yeah, dude, I'm done. Uh, I think we had a good week. Uh, I think we covered a lot of ground. I don't know if we're going to go this long every week, but uh, given the fact that I like to talk a lot, and, and I'm, I'm sorry if I talk more than you, uh, that's just it's just my nature. Uh, uh, no, no, it's all good, man. It, uh, it's perfect. This is good. good. Could have asked us to go any better. All right, great. So, yeah. I love it. You love it. I hope the fans love it. We appreciate everybody's support. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you on the next episode. Take care, guys. Bye, guys. 
Thanks again for listening to the Rad Turtles Wrestling Podcast. Once again, you can follow us on Twitter at RadTurtlesPOD or send us an email, RadTurtlesWrestling at gmail.com. Please follow Rad Rob's gaming channel on Twitch. It is twitch.tv slash radrobgaming. And Jeff's channel is twitch.tv slash runwithturtles. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey everyone, this is Stan Wangler from Just Thinking. Stop on by this week and listen to some of the great podcasts we have lined up for you. Two in particular are really good shows. One is called Are We Driving Ourselves Insane? Well, are we? And the next one is called Have You Been Having a Bad Day? Did You Have a Bad Day? Well, if you did, this is the show for you. And I bet you, when you get done listening, you'll feel a lot better. So join us. Business with personality. That's the idea that launched London's business newspaper, City AM, 15 years ago. And it's the same idea that inspired our new daily podcast, The City View, where you'll find me, City AM editor Christian May, interviewing the most well-known, influential and colourful figures from business, politics and finance. The City View from City AM, with a new episode every morning. It's the perfect start to your working day.